Scenes because she, like, you know, they filmed all the hot stuff outside, like in yeah. Norway in right. the snow. Yeah. And uh, she, there was no scenes that required her to be out in the snow, but she went out there anyway. And I was watching that, and I made a little joke to myself where, like, of course she went out there where all the white powdery substances are. Bill's joke himself went over really, really. And then I wrote that in the back of my hand and said, "I gotta, I gotta remember this three hours from now." <laughs> this is gold. That's Put it right. next to the cuticles. That's right. Do it. So, uh, welcome. This is the. Is this how we're starting it? Yeah, we could. Hey, everybody! It's the Boy Howdy Podcast. This is the Boy Howdy Podcast for Friday. So, uh, was it Friday, May 25th? Are we going to slide? Because it's Wednesday now. What if something I'm just going to say May 25th. What if some amazing nerd thing happens in the next two days? Well, We're going to look like fogies, not catching in on it. This is true. I'm just saying. What could happen? <laughs> so many things! Maybe uh, Hunger Games 2 comes out? <laughs> the first one was so good. This what do you think really of the Hunger Games, Hunger Mike? Games. Oh, okay, so this is my, Bill oh, yeah. and Annie. We got a special guest this week called Mike Russell. That's right. Mike Russell is my He name. owns a barbecue shop here in Portland. That's oh, good. <laughs> he owns his own street. He's our friend Mike Russell of culturepulp.com. I do a webcomic called The Sabertooth Vampire. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and Bill uh, has been coloring a, a slightly more polished versions yes. of these strips for Dark Horse Presents lately. As we record, today is Wednesday the 23rd. And yeah, just today, uh, Dark Horse Presents, the latest issue of, has mm-hmm. been released containing a comic strip uh, of The t- uh, Sabertooth Vampire written and drawn by Mike Russell. I'm not just a friend of the show. I'm a friend of the humans on the show. That's right. Yeah. And, and, uh, He's and, come down here from his Mike, a- uh, Mike Russell Alien Planet. We <laughs> <laughs> love in our faces. That's right. But Bill and I have been drawing uh, stuff together for for probably God. What? Better part of a decade now. Yeah, actually. Well, at least like five or six years now. Yeah. yeah. Bill, Bill, uh, as and I've collaborated on many things. In fact, we have an unofficial studio, which Annie always yeah. pops by and is, is also an honor member. Uh, called Industrial Blight and Tragic. Yes, which especially fitting for today, to today's Star Wars subject. It's too bad you guys don't like Star Wars or have any shared interest. I know, in it. man. We gotta like we really we do have to do a parody of. Wait, what are we doing? What's today's show about? That's right, friends. Today we're gonna be talking about Star Wars. Apparently. Star Wars. Because I didn't know, but I've been told emphatically that this Friday is the 35th anniversary of the release of the first Star Wars. I don't know why I'm so excited about the 35th anniversary, because who gives a fuck about the 35th anniversary of anything? (laughs) But it's Star Wars! Star Wars is great! All it's doing is make me feel old, man. I have a hat that celebrates the 20th anniversary of Star Wars. You know what? I think I have one of those, too, because I remember on the 20th anniversary, they put out, like, the special edition CDs with kind of, like, the embossed... Uh, covers and stuff. Sure. Oh, me and Mike are hardcore super Star Wars fans. Annie likes Star Wars, but she's not as I like Star brain Wars. damaged about it as me and I'm going to say it, my relationship with Star Wars is a little more healthy. Yeah. But you I like, like it. Star You're Wars. not like a lot of girls who are like, I don't understand Wait. what people like about lightsabers. <laughs> Define healthy. Really. I'm going to say that um, I did not beat myself or others over the prequels. Yeah! Me neither did 
not. They're so terrible <laughs> that I just don't even pretend they exist. And not even like I go out of my way to pretend they don't exist. It's just they have no bearing on the original movies. They're that bad. Okay, that actually is pretty healthy. Yeah. Healthy way to react when to the things. prequels came out, I was, you know, so aged because I was seven <laughs> when, they came, when the first one came out oh, that man. I actually have literally forgotten that the first two even exist. I think I saw the first one at breakfast, the third one at breakfast, so that's the only reason I know there even is are two others. Yeah. yeah. Wait, wait. At breakfast? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is a British euphemism? <laughs> I remember, oh man, there's a beautiful moment in the third the third prequel, though, where I was like, hey, maybe this won't be, oh. What was that? No. The opening sequence, they're flying around. Oh, yeah, no, that is like, cool. Like, hey, they're flying around ships, they're bantering, they're talking like There's people. a couple cool things out there. One while I do like the fact that, like, like you know, what's his name? He could burn up. He gets his <laughs> arms and legs chopped off. I love that. <laughs> What you know, for kids. Nally Portman doesn't do it. I just <laughs> realized. This. <laughs> Nally, My buddy Ryan McCluskey sums up that fight in Revenge of the Sith as follows. I am standing higher on a hill than you. All your arms and legs. <laughs> Why does one guy being over the other so guy? We're, oh, we've already started the Star Wars part of our podcast. Yeah, really. yeah, yeah. Let's, yeah. let's, let's we'll, do we'll the, get thing the Star we do. Wars soon. Don't you have it? Yeah, that's right. Do you have, do you have no show notes I was here? made the oh. joke about what, what Natalie Portman does in the movie. I don't remember. What does she do in the third movie? Oh, dies. she dies. She I says, dies of a broken I heard heart. you killed younglings. Uh, I don't know. There's a flying robot that's not, got like OBGYN hands. Right now. We're going to stop talking yeah, about the Pickles right now. She, 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 you know what? Well, hey, Bill. Probably, hey, Bill. Uh, hey, Bill. What did you do this week? I cried. <laughs> I cried. I'll for, start. I cried for Star Wars. I'll start. What'd you I do? watched everyone's lesbian movie of shame, which I had. I, why is everyone ashamed? Oh, you just watched Bound, Bound for the first time. I just watched Bound for the first why? time. Why? What's wrong with loving Bound? This Bound is, is a good I thriller. Know. Everyone I have ever talked to has been like, I really like Bound, in a voice of like, like in the most quiet voice. Like they don't. Really this like is why it. I still think you're just a passenger in lesbian country. <laughs> you're you're just, have, you're just yeah you're just. Visiting. I have spent like the last month like accidentally engaging with all of the genre lesbian shit. Wait, do you only uh, you don't? I mean, Bound is great. Bound is a great it's, movie. It's oh, yeah. a, Bound it's, is it's one a, of my it's actually. Films. I mean, you know, the the Matrix, the first Matrix is, is amazing, but that's yeah. a really good, solid genre film oh, by, yeah. by the Wachowskis. That's... I was really stunned at what a good crime film it is. Like, I've been yeah. reading a lot of Criminal by Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips lately, and it Comic? feels like one of their books. Yeah. yeah, okay. I mean, you could totally, they could do that movie. Pretty, you could be able to just stills from that movie, put it in comics form, it, it's one of the new Criminal comics. Yeah, no, I mean, Bound is like, basically, the, I remember when it came out at the time, I, the, my reaction to Bound was, this is like the that movie that you go to Hollywood video mm-hmm. at like two one a.m. and <laughs> yeah. rent from yeah. the erotic thriller shelf, yeah. but done really really well. Yeah. Why is it called Bound? Um, there's a is it, there S and M stuff? Well, in no, it no, no, too? no, no, no. She gets tied up and is is locked in the closet. Because I remember there's, there's, there's a lot about of tying up of people in the movie. The, yeah. Actually, the opening shot is brilliant because it's from a, it it's really looks abstract, but it's from above in a closet. Yeah, and it tracks down the pull chain from the light overhead. Okay. And kind of zoom. It's a brilliant well, it's the shot. Wachowski brothers, so they know the what they're doing the sh- in terms the of movie compos- is yeah. filmed is just beautiful, and it's it really well acted. And it's a great movie. And it actually, was watching it be a really good stage play because they had no money, so it pretty much yeah. only takes place in two rooms. Who's it's brilliant. Star? Uh, Jennifer Tilly and... Because I know the other lady, that's the lesbian Gina... icon, the tough chick in the, in the biker jacket. As my wife said, so hot her lips don't touch. I can't remember her name now. Wow. Well, no, her lips don't touch. They're, she's got permanent duck lips. She got baby. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. 
No, but it's great. The archetypes that they're playing are totally fascinating. I was reading the Wikipedia tree because, you know. Is there hot sex um, in that? I can't remember why there this is, is a sex. lesbian because I know it's a lesbian couple, but well, I can't they're, remember they're if it's lesbian. hot. Oh, there's is sex. it a hot movie? Well, it's, I, it's, it's Gina Gershon. Yeah, that's Joe what it Pantoliano. Is. Very, Man, very good. Joey Matt. Pants. Joey Pants. Joey Pants is great. Fucking Joey, Joey Pants. And a young Christopher Maloney. What's his name? Christopher Maloney? Yeah. Oh. Wait. Yeah. From SVU? Yeah. What? He's great in it. He plays the jackass. He's a vampire now. What? He quit SVU and now he a vampire on Touch Blood or what do they call that? Eat really? the Blood, Drink the Blood, Aww. the HBO Vampire Show. Yeah, True Blood. Joey Pants. True Blood. Yeah. No, not Joey Pants. Because <laughs> I want Joey Pants. Oh man. Oh my Joey Pants is a vampire. Joey Pants care. is a vampire would be like. Did you know he's depressed? I guess he came out with an autobiography. <laughs> he talks lately. a lot about that. He talks about struggling with depression. Which is great because all my favorite people are like super maniacally you know depressed. depressed. Yeah. Did you see Empire of the Sun? That's a good movie. No, I will never see Empire in the Sun. Or Empire of the Sun. It's I like movies that make me smile at the end of them. That's <laughs> the antithesis of that. It's not that bad. It's not like everyone dies. Only, uh, only who's the lady who died? Wait, did Bound make you smile at the end? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's a happy ending. Well, oh, my is it wife, a happy ending? Yes, my wife and I are actually. She, we were talking about this. It's one of the few lesbian movies that has a happy ending. Did we talk about why Mike's a good person to talk to movies about? Because Mike is also a professional movie reviewer. Yes. Did we mention this? I'm we ta- did not. We're jackasses. Yeah. So Mike's a good. He knows about movies. Do you want the whole resume real quick? Just yeah. To get it out of yeah. Way? yeah. Why not? Go for it. All right, Mike I, Russell. I, I I write about movies for the Oregonian. And then I also am on Court and Fatboy podcast yeah. every Friday talking about movies. And then um, I just like movies. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you have to be a real bastard go. not that to like movies. That is the things that have happened. That's right. Film is... Bi- uh, bi- no, uh, Bell is a really good movie. Yeah. Everyone should shut up about being ashamed about Bell. I, yeah, well, I don't believe... Beautiful. This actually is a rant I go off on every once in a while. It's like when people call things guilty pleasures, that yeah. drives me nuts because there are no guilty pleasures. Yeah. You just lo- own your trash. Yeah. If you like it... Exactly. Great. I don't so know, my Little Pony Bell is trashy. kind of a... <laughs> If you're male, My Little Pony is kind of a guilty pleasure. Dude, you can't even say Unless that. you're insane. The internet is about to attack you. <laughs> you have no idea. Back away from that thing. Unless you're. You, you can't, I hate being no, a guy I'm, no, 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 and, and no, no, being no, no. able to appreciate no, no, My no, no, Little Pony, no, 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 but no. you know you're not a brony. No, 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 no. I'm cutting you off right here. What? Because you cannot slam on anybody for belonging to a fandom of any sort. Why? Because fandom, by definition, the beauty of fandom is its inclusivity, and you need to back away from that statement. I'm cutting you off right what now. What did I say? I have had this same revelation lately, because my wife and I are totally fixated with this shitty BBC soap called Lip Service. It's like this lesbian BBC soap. That's a double entange. <laughs> That's right. Double entendre. Anyway, um, no, and it is awesome, and the second season actually became good, whereas the first season it was like, all right. The second season has become awesome. It's just really good soap. Oh, the, the second season is actually currently airing. Right? Yeah, actually, yeah. the finale airs on Friday. My wife Man, and I actually all the... chuffed that we were not going to record on Friday because that means that we can just go straight home from work, yeah. torrent that okay. shit, and have a lip service evening Man, and scream at the TV. All the TV's ending right now. It's kind of bumming me out in the next yeah. like, two or three weeks. Yeah. Can I recommend a good show? To yeah. Uh, has anybody watched episodes? There is a show you okay. This is like one of the <laughs> dot, best. Dot, dot. This is like <laughs> one of episodes. this is one of the best shows that uh, people aren't watching much. Yeah. And, and no just, shit. When I describe the premise to you, what do you, you call will, a TV you will show episodes? Is that just the extra confusing? Why don't they just call it show? Well, it's it's a it's a show within a show. Basically, what it's about is, is this... Matt LeBlanc from Friends oh, plays no. himself. Now, I know you're thinking of tuning out right now. I know, no, 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 yeah. And there's the thing, Matt LeBlanc. 
playing Matt LeBlanc as kind of a douchey yeah. uh, scam artist, uh, but very savvy, sort of in a weird, idiot way. So Matt LeBlanc is, is hilarious. So this wow. is his Sunset 60. He played... No, it, it, it's a, it is a sort Studio of... 60. It's sort of a meta show. Well, well, who's the other guy? Who's Just not stop left? talking. Here's what the yeah. show's about. The show is about two British... It's, it's a British Creator. show. It's yeah. about two British oh, creators really? who had a hit sitcom about a headmaster in, in the UK. And they get a deal to port it over office style to yeah. a, to a Hollywood version, and they go, well, we've got a great actor for the headmaster. Like Richard Griffiths played him in the UK. Yeah, they're like, yeah. They're like, huh. uh, yeah, Matt LeBlanc is available. <laughs> and and so they turn the show That's into actually, about an American a... show about a guy with a hockey team called Pucks. <laughs> and, and the two and wow. the two British writers who are a husband and wife no, team are just mortified. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's only like six episodes. I think yeah. they're, they're in the God, second season now. Thank God, because it's British TV, and they're like, yeah, well, we're just going to make... Yeah. It's on Showtime, and uh, or, yeah, and, and it is brilliant. It is hmm. so funny. Go Wait, so that it's on a I- Showtime show? It's you not like a BBC it on or ITV show? I, it's, it, it, I, I'm not quite sure exactly of the providence. You, I believe you can get it on. Okay, because if it were an American TV show, it would be so rare that they would just say six episodes, because you know, yeah. that's such a UK kind of thing. Yeah. You can and get that's it on iTunes. Okay. I like Man, that iTunes. Okay, so I have a policy this year of not torrenting anything. I'm going to try not to pirate anything. Oh, you're going to talk about Cora? Well, no. Well, no, 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 no. We'll get to Cora in a second. Here's the thing. By the way. Here's the yeah. thing. I'm like, okay, so I love Ultimate Spider Man, the comic. And there was going to be a cartoon show. I'm like, okay. And Bendis was on the writing crew. I'm like, all right, I'm in. Yeah. Stuart Eminen, who did a great run on Ultimate Spider Man, is just a great artist, did the character designs. I'm like, shit, I got to watch this. It is the shittiest looking crap. I've not seen a full episode, though, because I'm like, eh, I'll buy it on iTunes. It's animated. It looks terrible. I'm like, okay, well, I'll buy it on iTunes. Ask me how much the series, the season costs on iTunes. Oh, Christ. $29, $35? How how many episodes is this? I don't even fucking know. I don't care. It could be 300 episodes. I'm not paying $50 for a season of anything. For a shitty cartoon? All seven episodes of episododes can be had for just $16.99, and that's HD. See that? It's really, it's a really funny show. It's a great show that very few people are talking about. But LeBlanc, because yeah. the, the LeBlanc thing is a thing people yeah. have to get over. Yeah. But LeBlanc, you will, you will come out of this like you might have come out of Twenty One Jump Street thinking differently about Channing Tatum. Yeah, Twenty One. He is, he is just a revelation in this. Yeah, highly recommend. Yeah, what? see, I paid, I paid forty dollars for Adventure Time, but that was like, I was like, this is it. This is my limit. And that it, was the reason 40 why bucks? Cause Adventure... it was, it was this season. <laughs> it was this season as uh, it's airing. Yeah. Seasons get cheaper when they're done. Oh yeah, is it? The okay. season as it's airing. There was a big thing Star Trek for the longest time on iTunes each season was like about 50 bucks and that's like the dvds don't even cost that much yeah. i know what they're doing i know they're trying to make it and trying to still incentivize but you still, to buy they the don't... physical media but jesus christ when, when your competition is free yeah you gotta make that shit at least palatable yeah yeah not just like well that, that's how much it cost you know because here's just the thing. 50 bucks <laughs> yeah <laughs> i watch i only watch so many shows that i can swallow spending like 150 bucks a year on the shows i watch yeah but jesus christ dudes 50 dollars don't you don't you guys uh, do just do what I do, just get Netflix and wait two years. I can't. <laughs> I know. If, I we wanted, if we wanted to live like it's two thousand nine, that'd be so easy. But yeah. like we, we got a podcast, we're talking. <laughs> you know, right. actually, what actually what makes that How being can you really hard is being bill. on it's the right. internet. It's yeah. hard to be on the internet and like yeah. try to like be like, oh, I'm gonna watch that next year when everyone's like, if you're trying to trying to watch Game of Thrones, there's no way to wait wait until the goddamn DVDs come out a year from now because. Everyone's flipping out at the speed of light, including us. Not if you want to live life unspoiled. 
I was going to say, well, you and I are yeah. part of the problem. We are. Oh, man. I, Katie and Bill were over for Game of Thrones the other day. I, me, me and Patrick just spoiled the shit out of them about, like, oh, and so-and-so get married, this guy dies. Because they, they just like watching the show, but they don't care about the story. And we're just like, yeah. we just laid out. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, you know. You just want to watch Peter Dinklage being awesome. Yeah. yeah. That's still the best part of Game of Thrones. Yeah. yeah. No. yeah. Dinklage rules. Dinklage. Actually, no, what's his fuck is Joffrey is an amazing little shitbag. Oh, yeah. No, he's he amazing. plays a good. That kid has has amazing watched any chops. Game of Thrones, Mike? I have not. For like a, what is he, 15 years old? That kid is an if amazing even. actor. Like, yeah. seriously. He does good evil. Man! No, he's not even evil. He's that kind of st- stupid little self absorbed self, like privileged asshat yeah and he owns it so well and you believe it it's i mean i'm really impressed someone on tumblr was like dude seriously this kid is a great actor and i was like oh he's a douchebag and i thought no how much do i hate that kid peter dinklage used to play like puck in like x-men or is that what puck is from Puck, Puck, Puck is from uh, Midsummer's right? Night's Dream. Yeah, well, yes, no, I was talking about from X Men. There's an X Men called Puck? Alpha Force. Is there a Midsummer? <laughs> yeah, Alpha I want him to be an Alpha Flight. <laughs> there we go. There That's we what go. I want him to do. That's it. Can- Canada's finest superheroes. <laughs> Canada's finest superheroes. Hey, if an Ant Man movie can get made, I'm just saying. Well, sure. we're still questioning. Right, isn't it, question. isn't a uh, what's his name supposed to be filming the? Didn't he confirm that that he's going to film the Ant Man movie later on this year? He's going to do right. the next. He's yeah. gonna do the last. He's gonna do the world's end, and supposedly he's gonna go straight from that into the Ant Man movie. Yeah. Who, who's? I, I've actually yes, I believe Edgar Wright is doing it. That's the last I heard about, and just like two weeks ago. Yeah. The, right now, the sort of vague. I, I may be totally wrong about this, but I believe the vague rumors out there are that that either you know Simon Pegg or or uh, or actually um, Nick Frost. No, no, no. Um, I know that Nathan Fillion's been Nathan Fillion for that. Nathan Fillion, Ant-Man, yeah. He needs That'd to be, be in something. He needs to be in a major motion picture. Although, well, dude, Joss Whedon has the keys to all superhero movies ever, henceforth. Yeah. I'm sure that'll happen. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's, you know, I didn't even think about that. Nathan Fillion is, is cashing his fat castle checks, and he's happy. Ant-Man yeah. exists in the uh, Marvel is Universe, Is fat right? castle the character he's playing? <laughs> I want it to be. I want it to be. Fat castle. Real bad. No, does Ant-Man exist in the Marvel Universe? Yeah. Doesn't he become, like, a member of the Avengers originally? I Wasn't man, he like a I'm founding member? I don't even know anything about comics. Was he? I, yeah, I think he was because then he turns into a giant Yeah, so when like, he does. after yeah. like three more That's sequels dumb. of the Avengers when they have to get rid of the entire original team because they're too expensive and they, they'll, they'll bring in Nathan Fillion when, like, when he's like 50. I don't want to watch, see, Ant-Man. I, I want to watch Ant-Man because Ant-Man can go tiny yeah. and then he can like fight with molecules and like freaking rhizome and chains and second generation Avengers where it's like him and like plastic oh, man he's climbing yeah. DNA like ladders but the problem is the problem I don't want him he's just breaking he's just, he's just, he's just, he's just causing cancer into what was it Osmosis Jones yeah. that's it you know he saves some money I don't but, want him to play Giant Man because yeah. all Giant Man you just know he's just well no hurting. but that's what happens because <laughs> Ant-Man can't kill people just by like oh a, you shrink him down, shoot him into people's DNA, and he's like climbing the ladders, and he'll just break off a wrong and gives him cancer. <laughs> or then he just like explodes into normal size when he's inside someone's body and blow them up. And you just like, got Whoa! Watson cricked, motherfucker. Yeah. I can only hope that Edgar Wright explores these and other issues. Why wouldn't he? Oh, man. So what else happened? Man, I'm excited. So I know nothing about this, except literally I'm about to say out loud. So Kate Blanchett and Mia Wojcicki, who play, was an Alice in Wonderland. I can't remember her name. Play Alice. She was Alice in Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. And she was Jane and Jane Eyre. That's not the hot she chick from... She and Kate Blanchett are going to be in a 50s lesbian noir where, where she plays... What the hell's Megan this? I was hoping you were going to say 80s pastiche buddy comedy. <laughs> well, but... oh, the oh. other news... Okay, so I'm excited about that. The other thing I'm really excited about, me along with every other woman in America, Sandra Bullock and Melissa McCarthy are going to be in a buddy cop movie. Oh, yeah. 
those two things. I'm directed like, by Paul Fogg of yeah. Recent Geeks fame. Yeah. Those two factoids, I'm very happy with Who directed right Bridesmaids? Paul Fogg. Oh, oh was it? Okay, so it's just, yeah. yeah. Well, a buddy cop movie with Sandra Bullock and Melissa McCarthy. What's Sandra Bullock done lately? She's done, she's going to do with fucking Gravity. Because she's, she's always been cute. Oh, she's in that? Yeah. I think she... Um, Did you see that got delayed until next year? That's not... Yeah, well, I don't know if that got delayed, but they announced it's not coming out to next year because supposedly there's so many special effects and shit I'll involved. It. Well, you yeah. know the movie. Well, it's an astronaut movie. Gravity, you know the whole thing there with that, right? They're basically vaguely. All it's I know got it's... like it only has, it has a very small number of shots in it. Yeah. There are shots that go on for like 13 well, minutes. Uh, yeah, in this Carol, thing. Carol, but yeah, he's apparently movie. outdoing what he did yeah. in Children of Men. It's the whole movie though, which makes sense because it's like. Uh, anti-gravity, well, not anti-gravity, but zero-G, kind of yeah. like floaty shit, I guess he wants It'll to... It'll be intense. I, I think it's interesting, because ever since, between that and, and Paul Feig, I'm, I'm wondering, because I always liked Sandra Bullock, but she yeah. was kind of like the way I like Ma- Matthew McConaughey, where yeah. they, like, I loved you as Wooderson, and then you made so many terrible movies. Yeah. And, you know, she was like, I was like, yeah, I Sandra loved Bullock you in Wish You Were Here yeah, and yeah. Speed, and then you yeah. uh, made a bunch of um, really horrible rom-coms. I wonder if after her divorce... Yeah. If she basically said, I'm just going to do movies I really actually care about. Yeah. Wait, who she get divorced from? Fucking Jesse James. I'm still surprised oh, she Jesse married James. that douchebag. I only know him because he was like, Is this the thing where he, he robbed someone to give her jewelry? Yes, Bill. It's famed outlaw Jesse James. No! How was he talking about that? She so, was there Starlet who got like illegal jewelry from somebody and there was a big case? Yeah, that was uh, Anne Hathaway. Ah. Uh, oh, did you see Batman posters come out this week? <laughs> I did. She got some titty balls. Man! It's just, and it's, raining, it's raining Hershey's bars. And then her boobs just look like someone just took the, like, the liquid... What's the, what's the titty bubble tool in Photoshop? I'm, and just not, go, I'm just going to let you keep going, though. <laughs> the what? There's a... Is there a titty <laughs> bubble filter. So it, it's weird. right next to Diffuse. <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? Oh, that's what I call it. I actually renamed it in Photoshop. I actually paid a guy $500 to hack my copy of Photoshop. <laughs> He's gotten a resident there, right? the titty bubble tool. Uh, I'm sorry. What are you talking about? Um, what I, first of all, I believe that's snow, not Hershey's Kisses raining. No! That's, that's like raining like bits of like shit like chocolate bars are bouncing like, off of them. It's, it's supposed to be raining in these Dark Knight movie posters, but like it looks like it's raining like pieces of 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 concrete like debris like, debris. like from an explosion but no somewhere? but it's right because yeah, water's dripping out Bain, part one of Bane's great plan is to blow up the Peter Paul plant and just <laughs> have like fucking food stuff's raining down and no chocolate no first you will drown in no, what he does, Edmund's joys what's the what's, what's the candy company at Parks and Rec he blows that up oh, uh, <laughs> sweet oats <laughs> It's it. Now I just want. I want to re-edit. Um, the what was the last one? The, and then Andy's gotta with, take him down because he's gonna be a cop. I want it to be Leslie Nope as uh the real yeah commissioner uh or the White Knight of yeah. Gotham. Yeah. See, that would be Do you care about Parks and Recreation? You're a movie guy. You don't watch the TV except you know, unless it's like justified. It's funny because uh I'm actually this is a little bit of a of a curse of the job. I have to kind of keep an eye on movies because yeah. of my work, and then I like to draw draw comics and do other things so I really don't have a lot of room for TV. Yeah, which I only follow a few TV shows. Yeah, because yeah. it's still kind of a golden age of uh, TV Although, out there. Although, the, the rub of that is that movies in the Cineplex these days are mostly driven by brands yeah. and, and, and t- all the great writing is on TV. Can we take a moment to say how excited we all are that Battleship tanks? 
Yeah. Isn't that wonderful? Although, I mean, I, I guess it tanked state-wise, but it, made, uh, it sounds like it made a lot of money uh, overseas. It just didn't do that well It's still going to be like a I know, I saw it's going to lose a shitload right of money. I feel poor for what's-his-name, Taylor Kitsch. Oh, yeah, because I didn't realize my joke. He was... my joke. Oh, no, was this? Can you imagine him six months ago calling his mom's like, this is the year that Taylor Kitsch is on. I'm going to be starting two studios I like that in the way you described that, Taylor Kitsch is referring to himself in the third person talking to his mom. Of course. You know, he thought of that. Everything's Jake coming up, Taylor Kitsch. That's right. <laughs> That's right. He, he, when he went to his house, he just had Taylor Kitsch painted on the wall. It's really big. The also, York he game. was the guy from uh, John Carter. That's yeah. right. Uh, you know, it's funny because this is the way Hollywood is. You know, Ugh. two year, everything you see on a movie screen in Hollywood yeah. was theorized two years ago. Yeah, we actually yeah. talked about so, this a little bit on the podcast last week. How this is a result of the writer strike. When is it? Wait, no, no, this no, this no. one isn't. But this one is like the Hollywood star machine will go. We are going to put some money on Taylor Kitsch. Oh, okay, and so yeah. they cast him in this. He was in that John Carter this, and yeah. he's also in an Oliver Stone movie uh, this this uh, later this year. Yeah, and uh, and now two of three are Although, like yeah. after Oliver Stone's movie comes out, we'll see Taylor Kitsch on Law and Order SVU. Yep. Yeah, yeah, poor kid, poor guy. It's not his fault. He's no. you know, any Friday Night Lights fans in the house? I've not watched it just because I'm so allergic I've heard to Texas football. I've heard that it even even if you are, uh, I've heard it's no, I've heard it's spectacular. Yeah, but you're, people my who wife hate watches sports. It. You're from I, the I, Fort Worth. You, see, that's it's the in thing. your wheelhouse. No, I grew up in the cult of Texas football. I can't I can't visit it. It's like our friend Katie Lane who's like, I can't watch she's like, I can't watch um Parks and Rec because I've I've worked with government bureaucracy. And she's yeah, like, that's just, just not, can't that's not entertaining. It's a little too to close me. to home. Yeah. So are, tell me about this Justified. Yeah. Oh Justified. Mike loves Justified. Oh, I'm a big nerd for Justified. Okay, this is the um, this is a really, I highly recommend this show, actually, mm-hmm. to, to you and your listeners. And you, Annie, mm-hmm. loving the two-fisted gentleman, as you, you do, uh, would go nuts for this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is essentially about a Timothy Oliphant. Yeah, which that's uh, right there. Just, great yeah. actor. And, yeah. and also just a, a hell of a fine-looking gentleman. Uh, from Deadwood. Yeah. 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 He is a U.S. Marshal Raylan Givens. It's based on a um, uh, uh, Elmore Leonard series of stories. Oh, really? Okay. And... Okay. Elmore Leonard has a big hand in this. This TV show probably feels and reads and tastes more like Elmore Leonard than anything that's ever been committed to television. Interesting. Um, and so what happens is he gets he gets in a big shooting thing in Florida where he is, and he wears the 10-gallon hat and everything. He gets exiled back to his hometown of Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and he gets in the season one is essentially heat with hillbillies. Nice. And he gets involved in basically a really complicated uh, cat and mouse relationship with Walton Goggins, the great Walton Goggins, who plays his his childhood friend, um, uh-huh. who is uh, is a, essentially a career criminal, uh, part of a f- great family of criminals in in Harlan County. And so that's season one. It's brilliant. Uh, season two is even better, and in fact, some of the best TV I've watched in forever. Okay. Season two is The Godfather with Hillbillies. Nice! Because Raylan tangles in season two with uh, Ma Bennett, who's basically the godfather uh, in this situation, um, and, uh, and, and her three sons are basically sort of modeled on hillbilly versions of Fredo and Sonny and Michael. Yeah. And, awesome. and, and, uh-huh. and 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 so that's brilliant too. And season three just wrapped up, and season three was just nuts. Uh, season three was an incredibly complicated uh, sort of land rush for some money by about I think three or four different competing gangs. Nice. Anyway, it's it's a brilliant. So this takes place in Kentucky. Yeah, it takes place but in it's Kentucky. It's filmed in Portland. It's filmed in L.A. 
Oh, uh, I thought, oh, I thought that was one of the local Portland productions. No, they do a brilliant job of Dublin, L.A. for, for Kentucky. And, okay. and, wow. But what really makes the show is not the stories. Uh, I mean, the plots. You know, that's that's never a good way to try and sell a show. What makes the mm-hmm. show great is it's really funny, mm-hmm. uh, brilliantly acted, lots of twists and surprises you never see coming. Like, season three had all these competing gangs, but also, like, a bizarre cult underground, like, nice. organ transplant ring. You know, like, all this nutty stuff. And then... Also, so it has that real flavor of Leonard also where it's very sympathetic to the villains. Yeah. Like, they always write, every episode has a great villain character who's just as interesting, if not more interesting, than the hero. Now, is this all on Netflix Instant? No, they're all on iTunes. I don't think they're on Netflix. Um, you'd have to, yeah. $60 a season? <laughs> Listen, go down, go down to no, your we'll local brick and mortar video store and rent, say, rent well, the that's, season. that's the justification. We do live in a town with go movie madness. Go to a fucking video true. store. Yeah, movie. We live in a town with movie madness. It's one of the greatest video stores in the, uh, in the entire Pacific But then Northwest. I have to deal with the employees at movie madness. They are a little bit indie record store, they? The, one, the only negative review I've ever left on Yelp was for goddamn movie what madness. What happened? Uh, I have yet to have a good experience at movie madness. But for people who don't know, Portland, Oregon, uh, our, our big, uh, video store here is a movie madness it's a wonderful place which is it's world renowned with... for being yeah it's filled with all kinds of movie memorabilia they're not afraid to carry bootlegs so you will find obscure movies that you, there aren't even they will have DVD. illegal shit on the shelves <laughs> here's shit we gripped last night and yeah. just put up yeah we're gonna charge you two dollars uh, they'll have this. like the criterion edition of sallow or 120 days of sodom here pay a hundred dollars deposit and you can take it home with you yeah, yeah. and and, and, and they have amazing psychotronic section it's huge yeah. they oh, it's have fantastic yeah. the, the problem that annie is referring to and it is something that has been much lamented for many Hipster many clerks. years is yeah indie record store style ah, movie okay. yeah. who are like always I, watching something ironical on the yeah. tv in the lobby like hey we're watching we're watching hill comes to Frogtown. yeah yeah. And you know what? Don't oh, give me shit on my rentals. I'm judging you. Tear I'm judging your rental of Titanic. Oh, well, what happened? Well, no, I've never had anything but really shitty experiences. Oh, they did. I, I, I did, like, win in a contest a, uh, a bunch of Serenity money from the movie Serenity. Some of the money, like, from the bank heist at the beginning of the film. Yeah. And I donated it to uh, Movie Madness. Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, well, thank you so much. We'll, we'll give you $100 in store credit for as just as, as a thank cool. you for this. And I spent about twenty five dollars uh, of that credit, and then they forgot the rest of it. And the next time I went in there, they were like, oh, yeah. "Oh, we don't have any record of, of Ooh. this." Oh yeah, what? No, every time they were gifting it to me. There's another. Annie. Still no, no, no. That they gifted oh, yeah. you, but they they broke their word. That's yeah. the well, problem. No, I there's another woman with my exact same name who lives about two blocks away from me. I accidentally paid off her fines because at the time we I shared. Oh, uh, you told me about Dylan. this, yeah. And it was like, oh, you owe thirty dollars on Civil War. I'm like, okay, that sounds like my guys, so I paid it off. Because but at the time thirty bucks meant a lot to me. Yeah, and I went well, back in. Just a lot. I went it's home and I was like, "What the fuck? This is not my address." I go back and they're like, "Oh yeah, sorry, we'll put it credit on your account." This credit also never materialized. Yeah. And they give me shit about it the whole time. Well, you should have double checked. I'm like, "Oh my god, don't put this on me." All one yeah. eye. Like, As someone who works in retail, <laughs> all one eye, freaking name shit. I'm just so. saying, it's a wonderful place. Yeah, that's movie madness. I'm not saying, I'm just saying. Uh, if you live in Portland, give him a shitty review. Uh, Boy Howdy <laughs> Podcast says, destroy movie madness. I love movie Screw madness. Screw those guys. If you guys can go find their, uh, a display of the Serenity money. money. <laughs> if right. Yeah, no, steal the Serenity money off the wall and bring it back to Bill Mudron. I'll give you $50. <laughs> No, but uh, but Annie, I know you to be a, a great fan, uh, you and Foley, of the, of the two-fisted gentleman uh, genre of, yeah. of filmmaking, where we have young, brawling toughs, and you, of all people, would love Justified, with the power of a thousand this. sons. It is twenty dollars on iTunes. I can do that. That's less than a Spider Man. I can do that. Is it only twenty bucks a season? Yeah. Well, well, at least the first season is twenty. Okay, that's not too I can bad. Do that. I can do that. 
If I hate it, though, on your head, Mike Russell. You won't hate Someone's it. Someone's yeah. gonna die. I've, I've seldom recommended things with more confidence than I'm recommending Justified. This is true. Generally so, speaking, I trust your judgment. Uh, what else happened this week, Annie? For me? Man, that was a lackluster week. What, what's going on in your life? Bro? Man, a shitload of Diablo 3. Yeah. Got, I fell into that hole fucking hard. And yeah. when we talked about Diablo 3 last Do you week, still think it's just it plays you, like Iceland. Now? It's this little action figure on your t- on your uh, computer screen that you just click monsters and you kill them and that's it. And you pick up loot and you just go kill other people and other people can jump in your game. Mike doesn't play. Is video it like games. one of those things like Braid where it's really a deep existential commentary no. on? No, it. this is Monster Smash. Click to kill dragons. Yeah, that's exactly all it is. But, and, how, but uh, then there's that long cutscene at the end where we find out how the dragons feel about it. That's right, exactly. Uh, a little tear. Not so much. A little Native American oh, tear sorry. down their face. What's really interesting about this game, they haven't launched this yet, but the aspect that I find most interesting the is auction. that you... What? What? You have the ability... <laughs> you can, action pants! You can grind for awesome loot, and they're going to have an ability later on that's not live yet, but you will actually be able to sell that loot to other action players cash? for cash. Yes! For real Do cash! For money. actual money. The auction house is up now, but just not... Uh, I think later on this... I think it's this weekend, or no, it's going to be next week, the ability to, to yeah, so, like, this, like, uh, level 25 sword that I have that has, like, a little uh, emerald in there that gives you extra power. You yeah. sell that for, like, for, like 50 bucks online. Yeah. Real money. Wait, like, real the money cash goes, money? Yeah. Whatever you win goes straight into your PayPal account. I think yeah. I see a whole new revenue source. Well, you. no, seriously. There Some people can, yeah. Right. But for, there will be people who will be making, like, good beer money off of... More than ma- most people make doing comics. But, saying. like, the nice thing with this game is it's all... Uh, you can play online. It's essentially a single-player game, but you can other people can drop in and out of your game willy-nilly. And uh, so listeners of the podcast, uh, Brandon Johnson and Grumpy Turtle, have been helping me out all week. They just come in and they just say, Hey, Bill, I'm going to kill some monsters. Here's $20,000 also to peace out. That's my favorite. Or here's like a level 50 piece of armor that is like 50 levels above what you like actually need, but here. For free. I'm like, oh shit! So nice! I love these guys. That's my favorite thing to do. Like, that was when my wife and I were really enjoying playing a Fable. I yeah. think Fable 3. And Fable 3 had a great function where you could just go up to... You could turn it on so you could see other play, players in real time in your world. And then you could just go up and gift them with things. So our favorite thing for a while there was just to go up to them and be like, Hey, here's $5 million. Yeah, it's like an orgy of nice people money giving. Yeah, yeah. it's just like, yeah. It's an awesome thing to do. Yeah, because I didn't realize w- once you get further in a game, like, giving away $20,000 doesn't mean shit. Because, like, you're, no you're like, pieces of armor and shit will cost, like, $5 million and shit. And so, like, giving a level one person like me $20,000 is just like, here's pocket change. But to me, at level one, I'm like, oh my god, I can buy everything! Wow! So, yeah. It's so, like, really nice. Power socks. That's right. <laughs> some nice elf pants. Some elf pants. Elf pants. Some finely braided elf pants. Well, assless elf pants. <laughs> They're I, two decrees. I am playing a monk game. <laughs> For people listening at home, my Battle.net code is Mr. AIDS. Number 1997. Mr. Eight's all one word. What? That's my Wait, thing! Wait, is it spelled M-R or M-I-S-T-E-R? M-I-S-T-R, yeah. It's all spelled thing. out. All one word. This is what I get for being nine years old at the height of the AIDS crisis. Oh, Bill. What? That's I entered that into the you Legend of Zelda. You came up with that at age nine? Yeah, I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> I, 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 people, I didn't know whether or not he had AIDS or gave it. But I just thought it was funny because I, I that meant he was such a pox on the land of Hyrule in the first hey, Zelda Bill, game. Did you read any books this week? Uh, yeah, I'm not gonna talk about because I'm gonna let you borrow it. I don't endorse any of this. <laughs> I finished the <laughs> new. Just I'm just I finished the on. latest Stephen King book. Yeah. Uh, went to the keyhole, and it's actually really good. Yeah. 
Is that the one where he, the guy goes back in time and kills JFK or something? No, that's the last one that just came out like at Christmas. That's a great like two months later. <laughs> I got another three hundred page book out. <laughs> uh, actually, that book wasn't uh, bad either. The JFK one. It was the JFK that like, was like, alternate history? That right? was a twelve hundred page doorstop. This is just a three hundred page like for Stephen King. It's practically a short story. That's a novella. Yeah, yeah I know exactly. Right. I can't believe he actually published it. Uh, but yeah, it's it's good, and even for uh, I think for non dark dark tower fans, it actually be good. But we can talk about that next week. I want to yeah let Annie borrow. Well, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm going to be busy reading this book that the Kate Blanchett lesbian movie is going to be based on. Oh, what's, oh what it's actually it? based it's called, off a book. The, the, the movie is going to be called Carol. It's based off a book called The Price of Salt. And I bought the Kindle edition only because it had the best cover because it has like a '50s pulp cover. Oh really? The two ladies like and and the Kate Blanchett character is smoking in her black dress. Have you started reading it? Is this one of those hard case crime kind of books? I can only hope. That's what it sounds like. That actually sounds hope. cool. I'm excited about it. Um, but yeah, Diablo three is good. Uh, yeah, Game of Thrones. I can't remember what happened this week. I'm so sure. So, wait, what happened? Oh, they're setting the stage for the Battle of Blackwater. Yeah. I can't remember anything Tyrion else. Tyrion Lannister said something really devastating. Yes, that's I, right. I, I love it. Mike does not watch Game of Thrones. No, the most recent episode was pretty good. It had a Daenerys. Shit gets real with Daenerys. Then nothing happened. She was in it for one moment where she talks to, what's his name? Jorah. And he's like, these are my babies. They'll always be my babies. I will have babies with no one else. And then Jorah's like, okay. <laughs> like, which does not speak well to her dynasty as queen, by I the way. know. Yeah. Hey, let's move on to Korra. This week's Legend of Korra nothing. was great. Uh, yes. Oh, man, so you, uh, uh, me and Mike have a weird history with, uh, uh, Avatar Last Airbender stuff, because Mike took me to a preview screening of the live-action Last Airbender movie when that came out, was it two years ago now? It was a couple years ago, yeah. That was I, astonishingly terrible. That was one of the worst times. If I had not been there professionally, I would have actually yeah. walked it was, out. I, well, I had a good time hanging out. Yeah, yeah. We had a good time sh uh, shit-talking the movie the whole goddamn night, but, uh. Uh, so yeah, Mike's only experience with that, uh, with the Avatar stuff is. Well, that's not true. I've watched you loan me the box I let you set, the first and I watched season. some of it. I didn't have time to watch it all, but I did watch some of it, and I could absolutely see it's. Quality. It is good as as Dude, good as Legend of Korra is, is better. Legend of Korra is that okay? I don't know anything about it. It's so it's set 100 years in the and and beyond the first series. Okay. Um, this is the next Avatar who is. So it's turning into the girl. Firefly universe, basically. <laughs> well, it is an industrial age. Yeah, yeah it's essentially really gone from the mid nineteenth century setting of the of, of Avatar: The Last Airbender right. to like the nineteen twenties of yeah. uh yeah, of the Legend of Korra. Oh, well, that's awesome! And but the like, animation style and everything oh, is much skewed towards more like cowboy bebop style anime. Kind of, well, you just pushed my magic button for a, for it's Saturday beautiful. morning kids cartoon, quote unquote. This this. Oh man, it's the music is so good. Yeah, it's it's gorgeous. Oh man, but the writing's actually uh, it's got great characters and stuff. But it's still funny. But and the narrative it's... compression is so satisfying because it's only like thirteen episodes a season, so shit is addressed. No yeah. wasting the time. No, yeah, the series no. is almost it's over. Fantastic. Yeah. Oh, it's. Do so you have good. to have watched Avatar to appreciate? No. no, it it anything that you don't know gets explained very easily. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, oh, I love so I love. I mean, when you said Cowboy Bebop, that lit me up because that's my favorite. And it's one of just, my favorite TV cartoons of all time. Actually, uh, when you watch Cowboy Bebop, did you watch uh, dubbed or the original like Japanese language? Oh, God, this is going to be such an embarrassing uh, answer. I first was exposed no, to it fine. dubbed. No, it's no, fine. This is not being, being snooty. Uh, the guy who played Spike is the bad guy in Cowboy Bebop, or in uh, Legend of Korra. He's so a pretty... his voice sounds familiar. Oh, he is! Yeah. Aww. I mean, granted, he's got a much more gravelly thing as Amon, but, like, yeah. The so Cowboy you... Bebop English-language voice cast that is really bad. good. That was really good. Yeah. yeah. But, like, I mean, it's still a kid's show, so it's not quite as badass as Cowboy Bebop. I would... But Legend it's Korra. Cowboy Bebop from middle Dude, school kids! Dude, Lin-Bae Fong in this last week's episode. Lin this is a is... character who is basically the female Commissioner Gordon in the most recent episode. She has basically decided, you know what, I'm done with being Commissioner Gordon, I'm gonna be Batman. Let's put it the way... 
Did Which you ever see Batman the Animated yeah, Series? Yeah, sure. This is essentially the inheritor of that when it comes great. down to just nice animation, great graphic oh, design, good, good stories. And specifically, yeah, this with this Lin Bei Fong, she is the new Commissioner Gordon. Oh. There, but you this just episode, this, to be Batman! Yeah. <laughs> she's Commissioner this. Gordon Gordon and Wolverine and Batman That's all That's actually a better way to put it. It's, yeah, because she's got, Gordon now she's decided got to be Wolverine. Oh, they're fucking tracks! Man, they're so good! <laughs> yeah, like, oh, we can't talk about too it much. Me, it Mike's turns here. me into a total gibbering fangirl this yeah. show. It's so good. That's fantastic. No, I've, 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 the thing is that, uh, you know, I when I don't watch a show, I'll keep, like, you know, professionally, I'll kind of keep a tabs on what's... Yeah. Bad, and I've, I've gathered... Just from reading the Blagosphere, yeah. that the uh, that the that uh, that in fact that show is really well liked by it's, the kind it's, of people it's, I like I who like things. I don't yeah. want to oversell because it, it's not like the Second Coming of God, I, it's, but it's good. It's it quality is, shit. It's it's definitely worth All right, checking I'll check out. It out. Yeah, and again, that's on iTunes for like thirty five bucks. You can, you can probably bet twenty. Actually, I think all the episodes are uh, free on uh, Nick com too. Well, then I'll just watch it there. Yeah, yeah. so just saying. It's, just it's good stuff. Uh, uh, you will not regret it. I can stream was... that stuff through my Apple TV, all the better. And it's just so. Uh, yeah, no, so it's And man, it's gorgeous. We have an HD. Uh, oh, man, it looks. It's beautiful in HD. Yeah, because oh, they actually des- right, you know, designed it for HD televisions. Oh, I can't get so over it. Pretty. It's so nice to see, like, feature, almost feature quality animation in a TV show. Yeah. No one's ever done the Commissioner Gordon badass story either. Not enough. Well, I guess there's Gotham Knights is a comic that sort of does that, right? I read one... But this is another police commissioner who's kind of pushed beyond the law now who's gonna... Nothing's so good! Pushed beyond the edge of reason. And then there's speed racer stuff in this episode? 1920s, like, girl speed racer stuff? Dude, I love Azuma. I was so... Let's take a moment. Asami? Asami. I love Asami. I was really worried that she was gonna be bad and I thought, no, no, no. Spoilers, Asami's not bad. They need... I'm like, fuck you. They need (laughs) No, I'm just saying, Mike hasn't watched it yet, but... They need a... Well, you know, Don't worry about spoiling me. Well, they 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 need a non-bender in her crew. And what I love about her is that she is not trained in bending she is trained in self-defense it's kicking ass so she just she is trained to take people down as quickly as possible as efficiently as possible which is a nice nice counter this is the rich girl who doesn't have any magic powers among this group of people who do have magic powers and are all poor so there's lots of benders in this yeah yeah almost everyone can like bend fire or bend well it's so cool because like all the bending comes from a different class like a different school of martial arts bending is a little more exclusive in the original show this is a big political thing in the legend of Korra where the title. Well, there's a whole one percent thing going on here where it's like benders versus non-benders oh. there's a very conscious anonymous thing but it's very smart yeah the done. bad guy is a masked guy named not an uh anonymous but amon but yeah. it's very much like the viva vendetta and he has like, mask almost like a kabuki nice. mask yeah, yeah but it's rad. more kabuki it's they're doing some crazy oh. for, like, for a kid show holy it's shit so, i can't it yeah. makes me so happy i'm so sad there's not an episode this week uh, and then Mad Men. Do you do you watch? Mad I do. Men? I follow Mad Men religiously. I love you watch that it show. every week. Yep. Man, this week, uh, like uh, Don, Don and uh, Joan had a little thing going on. You that know, it's interesting cute. what they've done with Don this season because this is the season that, you know, this is the season. And in fact, I'm wondering if something could change after this week's episode because this is the season where Don has become irrelevant. Yeah. Uh, and and well, it's they... also the season where we got this weird rational Roger. Like, Roger became, like, this sort of enlightened being briefly. He's a Zen motherfucker now. <laughs> He's like... Which is weird. But there were a lot of revelations in this last episode that kind of floored me. Number one is Roger... I don't think it was already known that Roger knew about Yeah, this the is the first time he's actually just baby. came out and said, yeah. And I was a little weird with how cool he was with that whole situation. Yeah, because when Joan came back with the kid, he was kind of, like, playing with the kid. But it well, was he walks in and goes, there's my baby. When yeah, he sees and the two like, together. Yeah. I, I thought that was an ignorant joke, but apparently it was just no, Roger no, like, being a dick. Uh, and also, but this episode was the one where, you know, you really started to feel that Don is... Don really felt like he had this great thing going at the firm with Megan... Because she was kind of bridging the generation gap for him, and she left to pursue her own thing yeah. in, in the in the way of the '60s. And he's 
the demons coming back out. You know, Don's demons been 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 sort of put away, but when he had that little thing with Joan, that was driving back from that. You, they got the driving in the in the in the jaguar. That was just... the old, and then he was giving like really really old school Don Draper rallying speeches. After well, he that. comes back. The mm. next scene is him coming into the thing. Guys, you know what? Say, I I hate to say it, but we're all gonna uh, we're all knuckling down. We're we're gonna get this jaguar. Deal. He's on fire again, and that's bad for his home life. Yeah, <laughs> well, because like he was in love, like uh, for all the passion he was putting into the job, he was putting into Don Draper, the main character, just got you married don't, last don't season. Bother explaining this. Right? I know, but like, so he was pushed, uh, putting all of his energy and all of his. Uh, bullshit into this uh, new marriage. Yeah, this happy new marriage. The great character made At the expense of kind of fucking around at work and now, like, he's trying to knuckle down at work and, yeah. Yeah, he's, he, I mean, the, the whole story of Don Draper, of course, is that he's perpetually dissatisfied and, and so... Well, that's been, half the characters on the show, but him specifically is... Yeah, but I mean, yeah, dissatisfaction... Straight white guy with the, with the whole... Dissatisfaction is essentially, that show could just be called Dissatisfaction. Well, this whole season with, <laughs> yeah. like, with, with uh, uh, Pete Campbell being dissatisfied with his marriage, Joan being dissatisfied with her marriage, just everyone... Pete Campbell Lane one of Price the great assholes yeah. in, in TV. Man, Lane Price is broke. That made me so sad when he's all freaking out about money all of this the last episode. He ends up cooking the books a little bit and forging Don's uh, signature to Lane get Price 8, made some bad choices this uh, Yeah, this I wonder episode. how quickly that's going to come back to bite him in this. But by then, Paul Kinsey came back. Loved what they brought did with Kinsey. Kinsey writing, writing all, Star Trek in a Harry Krishna cult, writing Star Trek spec scripts. Really? Yeah. He, he, this is a character who got no, kicked I, off. Yeah I, know. yeah, I know this guy. Yeah, yeah so. that was... Um, and finally, a nice moment for Harry this season, who's been kind of a fringe. Harry's always kind of underused. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, no, I'm 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 loving the show this season. The season this season hasn't had the like the first two seasons of Mad Men were also like all let compressed storytelling that mm-hmm. go for broke. Like yeah, you could have, and for the first three or three maybe four seasons of Mad Men, you could have ended that series on that final episode, and they mm-hmm. always went for broke like that. The last two seasons, I've kind of felt like Matt Ben's been kind of coasting a little. Like, oh, yeah. like they now know they get. I think they get seven seasons now total. I think that's and the I deal think they There's a little more relaxation to the storytelling, but yeah. this season they really use it to explore characters and, well, and sort of dive into a lot of little yeah. side stories. That I there love. was an extra better part of a year off between this season and the last season. It seems yeah. like they spent that time actually like writing a little bit more interesting. The just the writing this season's a little bit more interesting. They've had more standalone like kind of weird thematic little short stories of an episode in this season, which that's kind of been interesting. But like, yeah. It was weird because like after like the show could have ended with the third season where there's that split and everyone goes off and, and yeah downs their own. when they started Sterling Cooper Draper Price you could have yeah. ended the series there yeah and that lat but the last season which is the first season after that split happened everyone expecting like the whole show to be about the story of this new upcoming uh uh advertising agency and that didn't turn out that way it was mostly everyone just kind of floundering and everyone kind of being perpetually broke for the whole season and don kind of like like fucking up his life and stuff and it was interesting that they did consciously did not go for the gangbusters like yeah we're gonna have this entertaining you know story about this yeah there's just upcoming studio but instead we just went through this weird kind of like "Mm, well we don't know what we're doing kind of story but this season seems to be both like the bottoming out, the bottoming out episode for Don in season four was with, and when just him alone in the office and Peggy oh, all night. It's one yeah. of my favorite episodes of that of that of the series. Yeah. This season's been more interesting because it's been like the first episode of Mad Men was a ninety minute movie about a party at their house. As, as somebody wrote online, somebody wrote online, you know, I could watch the cast of Mad Men read the phone book, and yeah. that episode was just about that. <laughs> That's about what we just had there, yeah. and it worked. You know, it's brilliant. Yeah, I love that show. Damn. Yeah. And that, again, that's another show that's going to be over like another like two or three episodes. My wife loves that yeah. show because she just studies all the background details, too. Yeah. Oh, it's a gorgeous show to yeah. look at. Um, do you care about Breaking Bad? I have not watched Breaking Bad. Oh, man. That, I know. They just, just announced that the, the, its last season's coming back on July 15th. Breaking Bad is 
fucked up, but fantastic. I mean, that's, you know, everyone talks about Breaking Bad. The two shows up, I've been wanting to watch it's... that I haven't had time to watch are Breaking Bad and Sons of Anarchy. I keep on hearing good things about Sons of Anarchy, yeah. but I've, yeah, I've never gotten, yeah. Sons of Anarchy is Vince Gilligan. But... No, wait. No. No, no, Vince, Vince Gilligan. Gilligan is Breaking Bad, sorry. Yeah, that, exactly. Yeah. But is that AMC too? Yeah. Okay, man, AMC. I'm glad they have enough money to actually be making all these goddamn shows. It seemed like a year ago that you didn't know whether or not any of these shows are coming back this year. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, we're going to take a break. That's, uh... Wow, we're going to take a break! We got the Geek Week review, then come back and talk about Star Wars. That's right. This podcast is going to be seven hours long. Annie <laughs> has checked out all this Mad Men talk. She go bye-byes. We'll be back. It's the most depressing episode of the Boy Howdy <laughs> podcast ever. All right, friends, it's time to discuss the Geek Week review. We just got done talking for ten minutes about like people making bad life choices and yeah, just. <laughs> so yeah, what what life affirming news happened this week? Don't you judge me, week? Bill. Don't you judge <laughs> me. Right. Oh, so speaking of speaking of bad things happening to creative <sighs> people, poor Dan Harmon. Oh yeah, Dan Harmon. Uh, do you, neither of you guys watch Community or care about Community, right? I'm aware of the Dan Harmon saga, and I have to say that he kind of set when, himself what, on fire there when he when he did the Chevy Chase thing. Yeah, no, that's what got him fired. I, I, mean, I that's, was kind of like, you know, this is this is gonna bite you on the ass, pal. So, yeah. friends, Dan Harmon is the creator and showrunner of Community. Yeah, he just got unceremoniously booted from Community. You know what? There's only 13 episodes of Community left, so it's not like he's yeah. It's in the end, who really gives a shit? But it's still kind of weird that he managed to get himself fired 13 episodes before the end of his goddamn show. I know nothing about Dan Harmon, but all I know about him is that he's apparently really hard to work with. That's not... Yeah. <laughs> well, he's an exacting critic. There's well, a really Chevy good Chase interview. Well, Chevy Chase is a prick, too. They're both pricks, but they just yeah. happen to bump up against each other where They're he just, just lost. just pricks. That's it. Oh, I love that. <laughs> well, Daniel Craig and Tom Hardy yeah. penises okay. just... <laughs> That's Mike's turn to talk. Double dragons. <laughs> Oh, oh no, no, Bill, go on. <laughs> not gay porn. I just love him not gay, but Daniel Craig. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I just want to see him uh, 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 wrestle Paul Giamatti naked in a thing of butter. <laughs> Paul Giamatti, and John C. Riley. He can make just anyone hot. <laughs> I think that's a scene in Win Win. Actually, yeah! I think you're good. Oh man. Uh, there's More a really good interview see... with Dan Harmon actually on the uh, WTF podcast with Mark yeah. Maron. Oh really? Well, you realize he's is a very neurotic and exacting perfectionist, and yeah. I'm sure he is difficult to work with. But he, it's because he cares. Yeah. yeah. But well, he's got his character Abed, who's all Aspies, and he, you can tell he kind of funnels parts of that his own personality in that character where it's yeah. all kind of like, yeah, kind of robot man. So, but yeah, whatever. The community, like I said, community's over, almost over anyway. That sucks, but yeah. Okay. As you know, you don't play
like chicken with Hollywood because you get your nuts ripped off. <laughs> That's right. Never do that. Yeah, this is now. This is going to be the uh, Robert Patrick season of X Files. This is. Oh no, that's what's, yeah. what it's going to be. Oh yeah. As um, long as none of the characters make whale noises, we're good. Community actually hasn't been that good in the last season too. It's it's taken a turn for being more being cute than funny. You're the only person I know who's saying that. You know what? Mostly because you know what the one joke they keep on leaning on more than anything else. This Doctor Who parody they keep on going off called Inspector Space Time, which is cute. But it's kind of one of those things where they're leaning on it too much for like the big laughs in the show. We're like, yeah, yeah I get it. It's Doctor Who. Yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah, it's well, well let's terrible. find that. Let's, let's just... find that fan base, that hardcore fan base, and let's push that button. Yeah, like, there's uh, like, man, yeah, come pellet, on, right. buy some Subway. Um. <laughs> so another another set of Hollywood news. Jackie Chan has told the Associated Press that his latest film, Chinese Zodiac, will be his final starring role in an action feature. Ooh, did you hear about this? I did, did and about, and the, I saw the trailer <laughs> for it, and I'm very excited actually about yeah. this because the um, it's the the movie itself, Chinese Zodiac, is a sequel to Armor of God. Oh, it and, is an Armor of God Operation movie. Condor. Because I know it's like an Indiana yeah. Jones style thing. I didn't realize it's they were an Operation actually going Condor to film. Oh, so that's I'm like kind of jacked because I love Operation Condor. That's it's one of my school. favorite Jackie Chan yeah. movies. This could be this could be a lot of fun. Oh man, I didn't realize. But it does suck that this, supposedly this is going to be his last starring role. Not that he's actually been starring in that many kung fu movies yeah. lately, but I mean, he'll be in a thousand more kung fu movies. He just won't be the main action star in them. But yeah, yeah. that's a damn shame. In happier um, movie news, we saw the most recent James Bond trailer this week. It's not as good as Drunken Master 2. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen Drunken Master 2? Yes, of Are course. Are you seeing Sky One of the Chan's, best fight scenes Jackie in movies Jackie Chan's on fire! I know. That's I'm trying what to keep this clip in I'm trying to keep this clip The Skyfall trailer is pretty great. I uh, it says it looks I amazing. I found it to be totally boring. I I was confused. I was not the beginning by where it he's at just all. saying random words. I thought I was going crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I thought this is a moment where all my Alzheimer's just kicked in because he's like monkey pants, tuxedo, shotgun, hammer. Like what? Skyfall. <laughs> done. Pants. Monkey pants tuxedo. I remember that. That was the best one, but he delivered it with such gravitas. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. There's just a bunch of random explosions. I yeah, I kind of decided for the ending. It, didn't, was it wasn't terrible, but I was kind of buff. It it looks it's like it, green. it looks like it's pretty um, grim, heavy stuff. But the thing is, is that uh, it shot by Roger Deakins. Yeah, looks amazing. Very pretty. It's gonna look great. Yeah. it's got an amazing. I mean, like you know, this is a movie where Ray Fiennes is playing like the what Ray might Fiennes be. Ray Fiennes gonna be in it. Yeah, he's like. Uh, he's working in like. Well, you saw you saw who's directing it, right? Sam Wes Anderson. Anderson is directing yeah. this. Yeah, Sam Wes Anderson is directing it. Oh, by the way, if you haven't watched something, <laughs> speaking of cool Geek Week stuff, if you haven't watched Bill Murray giving a set on the a tour of the set of Moonrise Kingdom while drinking uh, spiced rum, yeah, oh, um, it is one of the uh, cooler. I, I want Bill Murray. Um, with a little spiced rum in him, uh, giving tours of all movie sets like for eight... every movie henceforth. Yeah, it's just like this eight-minute-long thing where he's just talking about the movie, and he's yeah. kind of like taking the piss out of everyone else in the it's movie, too. Like... We're not necessarily making fun of people, but yeah. it's just like talking about Wes Anderson likes to have all the characters, like, their pant legs kind of really kind of hemmed high. Yeah. He's like, yeah, everyone's got high pants in this movie. And it's just like, it's hilarious. And he's just like, oh, yeah, I had to film this one scene here a couple days ago. I, 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 I had to get a shotgun out of a closet and say something to some kids. Because yeah, they're working with a lot of kids. Yeah, kids. Not enough, no money, money makes that right. Yeah, it's just, it's just, just, just freebasing or freestyling. Or... And, like, and then he goes like, he goes, yeah, it's got Edward Norton in it. He's a good actor. Does Usually there's a lot of psycho work playing against type. Also yeah. got Bruce Willis in it. He's playing a cop. I mean, so I guess he's kind of playing too tight. Do you care about this movie at all? Oh, yeah, I'm excited for it. I love Wes think? Anderson. Yeah, I love Wes, I, I love Wes Anderson. I thought The Life Aquatic was pretty good. I could, I'd never seen The Darjeeling Limited because I could not get past uh, that short film before it on DVD. Really? That Hotel Chevalier or whatever. Darjeeling Limited is pretty good. Yeah, we, we must have talked about this on the podcast. Where it was a short 
with Nick and Natalie. Natalie Portman's naked for no reason for half of the short film, and even I cannot finish it. <laughs> I, I don't. In the good and bad way, you can even possibly mean that saying. But even I was like, this is so pretentious as shit. I just shut that shit down, and I never actually got around to watching the actual film. He's, he's always yeah. accused of being. I mean, the, the he is one the, note. The accusation you can level at it. Yeah, but, but what a note. What a note. I know it's a good yeah, note. I mean, it's, it's like, like Rush, Rush, no. His movies are beautiful, carefully observed. They do have a sort of um, storybook no, construction. No, they're not bad. But, yeah. Rushmore is still one of my top five favorite films of all time. Bottle Rockets but on mine. I love. That I need movie. to go. Back. I haven't seen Bottle Rocket forever. I need to go back and check that. But out. But a beautiful but Criterion. Tenenbaum's good. Oh, did you see Tenenbaum's coming out on Blu-ray this year? I'm just saying. They're, I'm glad they're actually mining. Uh... I don't have a Blu-ray player. I actually just you want went, my PlayStation I went straight 3? from DVD players to downloads. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just. I really, honestly, I think Blu-ray is kind of a boutique market. I think downloads. I get my my. Um, no, I have Apple TV and fat like internet pipes and no cable, yeah. and I just turn on. Yeah. I watch stuff on Netflix. It looks better than my DVDs do. Yeah. Yeah. It d- downloads one. Sorry. I don't know what I put there. <laughs> That's just the thing I'm saying. In other nerd group mo- mo- uh, news, um, so Donnie. So is many stupid movies. I'm really excited for this. So is, he, is his name Donnie Brasco? Donnie Brasco. Okay. Was that a movie? <laughs> yes, it's a movie with Zuko. Zuko, Zuko, aka Rufio from Hook. This is where most of us know him. Um, Rufio. Anyway, Rufio. Oh. Rufio. Um, we can do this for 15 minutes. We're gonna One of the greatest filhawks in motion picture what, history. Well, okay, so here's the thing. Apparently, these uh. kids, these college kids, wrote a prequel to Hook about Rufio, the Rufio origin story. They did it as a play. And then they were going to take it off Broadway when they ran out of money, so they just turned it into a script. And this guy, the, the guy who played Rufio, is like, "Sure, I'm going to produce that." Yeah. And it's like it explains how he got his mohawk and shit. It's like the, the secret origins of the mohawk. It's so yeah. Us. The kid who played Rufio came out this week and said, "Yeah, I'm making a Rufio this movie. Is the movie that no one asked for." <laughs> <laughs> The least, whole internet went what? Least essential prequel of all time. <laughs> exactly. And yet, and yet they have my ten dollars. If those guys can make that movie, you know, they this, have my ten dollars. This being a prequel, you know who they need to get play play Rufio, Daniel Craig. <laughs> Daniel Craig. It'll be a grittier Rufio. Hook film. <laughs> Tougher, grittier. Gary Oldman. Well, how will that hold that free association though? How will that free associate uh, game go? As long as it's Tinkerbell. As long as it's <laughs> Daniel Craig rising out of the water like half naked with blue swim trunks. With the roof of Mohawk. But with, with the fantasy food over his nipples? <laughs> what is it? Oh. And then Bill's drinking up in the theater? <laughs> I think I'm beginning to understand, I'm beginning to understand your webcomic pan much better now, <laughs> Bill. <laughs> Alright, the other big the other big newbie moves. Okay, Bill, tell me about this. All so, I saw was Alf movie. <laughs> <laughs> Alf. Okay, A, of course there's going to be an Alf movie. So I, Why did it take this There's long? not going to be an Alf movie. <laughs> the guy who produced Alf back in the day just said, hey, we're making an Alf movie. He just wants, wants to give Hollywood to give him like a check for like quarter million dollars to get him to shut up and go away. But he did announce that they're going to start working on an Alf movie soon. <laughs> and he's talking about how they might retool it so it's not quite a reboot. There's, but they're going to make it so Gordon Show Wayne Ellis with a different family but still gets in the same hijinks. And like he's talking about like people remember what any of this shit means. <laughs> yeah, that's the big that's the big curse of the of the aging creator is you can get actually we see this happen very quickly a lot of time in web comics with the yes. new creators yeah. is they get so um, they get so, they fall so into the sort of uh, swimming pool of their own uh, universe they've created. Well, they lose perspective. Yeah, they, yeah. yeah and they and they I mean they forget that a lot of times you know continuity. I think continuity. You should take a baseball bat to continuity all the mm-hmm. time. Personally, yeah. I think the preciousness of continuity can be a really bad straitjacket if you're oh, not yeah. careful. 
Oh, nothing is more is more like it turns people off than I can't watch now because it's the third season. I don't know what's happening. Um, like, you gotta have things you can get on this ground floor. Although my favorite fan wank to get continuity into something that doesn't have any is in James Bond. Have you ever heard this? No. Where they basically have argued that James Bond is just a code name. They talk, oh, talk about yeah, this important yeah, fat yeah, yeah, So yeah. basically, all these guys have been named yeah. James Bond. But even furthermore, uh, my buddy uh, Fatboy Roberts argues that that means that Sean Connery is in fact playing James Bond in The Rock. They just put him in. That's a great idea. <laughs> yeah. Which I just love because it makes me think of the original Casino Royale, which is one of my favorite stupid movies in the world, where there are seven James Bonds. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Including Woody Allen. One of them is a woman. Did yes, you Woody see Allen uh, uh, Duncan Jones is making a, his next movie is going to be about Ian Fleming, the guy who wrote James Bond. So friends at created home, James Bond. Uh, yeah. uh, we love Duncan Jones because he did Moon. Yeah. Um, we forgive him for Source Code. No, Source Code's good. Source Code was Source Code was pretty... We watched that, and we were like, man, yeah, Duncan Jones, we love Moon. I we love like, Duncan Jones. It wasn't atrocious. Source it was Code just wasn't boring. bad. I would say this. To go from Moon to Source Code is not... I'm going to spoil the end of Source Code. Can I do that on this show? Yeah. yeah. If Source Code... Let me ask you this. If Source Code had ended on the Frozen bit mm-hmm. and then not kept going, wouldn't were, that have been a Were the guys movie? a ham? You're not wrong. You're not wrong. He is basically. All I remember is that there's a, a ham, ham part. A, a, like a frozen ham, or that's right. And it's the brother of the lady who shit herself in the secretary movie. That lady is a pretty lady. No, I'm saying I did not that say was, anything that bad. Was all I can really I remember called, about Source Code. I swear to God. Call wait. What lady? I never felt so shallow in a movie. Was, oh, the, you wanted to bang Source movie, Code like, lady. That lady is a pretty lady. Oh, I don't Are you know. talking I about Michelle not, is we watched that together, yes, and I don't remember you squirming. She's a pretty well, lady. If you Did want to watch, watch a great Michelle Monaghan yeah. movie, of course, you just watch Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Is she in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang? Yeah. Uh, she's, she's, she's Harmony. Sounds like we're going to be talking about that next week I on the podcast. Kiss, Kiss, oh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is, is uh, terrific. But yeah, no, so Source Code wasn't terrible. I'll bring it over. I got the DVD. Yeah. Yeah, Source Code, to go from Moon to that. Duncan Jones didn't write that either. He was kind of brought in. He was just kind of a ringer director-wise. But like, but yeah. I actually liked Source Code quite a bit. I, I actually yeah. kind of like that movie. I think there it's was kind of one a, I like the. I love the kind of. I like it's kind of Hitchcockian. Flavor How hyped to it. are you for Men in Black Three? Uh, you know what's funny is I actually I'm gonna see it on Friday because I got to talk about it on Court and Fatboy. Uh, the reviews are starting to come in, they're and actually, they're like, "It's good." Yeah, it's they're like to be good. they actually understood that two was bad, and they've actually made an effort to go back and recapture the. Because I know that and, movie wasn't even yeah. halfway written by the time they started filming it. Well, what's his fuck is young. What's his butt? Is no, that's brilliant. a great idea. Yeah, I can't remember yeah. either of their names in this moment. <laughs> Larry Stinkums. <laughs> Larry Stinkums is young Dalloway. Agent K. Is brilliant. <laughs> um, no, Tommy. Uh, is it Tommy Lee Jones and and it's uh, Goonies. <laughs> Josh Brolin. Yeah, Josh Brolin. Josh Brolin is young Tommy Lee Jones. Did you see No Country for Old Men? I have not seen that movie yet. It's hilarious. Again, I like movies that make me smile. You know what's gonna he make me smile? He does not survive that film. You know Anton, gonna... Anton Shurga with the cattle prod. How is that not the funniest thing in the movie? Oh, you know what's gonna make me smile? The Great Gatsby in 3D. I still can't believe I Did can say the this trailer? sentence and that it's real. Baz Luhrmann's <laughs> The Great Gatsby in 3D. But I, I love the fact that every party scene looks like Moulin Rouge yeah. too. It's like it's well, like you know they were that movie has that book has. Yeah. Gin-soaked bathtub parties. It's yeah. absolutely a book. It's a great. It's one of the greatest drunken books ever. Yeah. It's one of the great books about drinking. You know. Yeah. But I don't seem to recall there being like like that show-stopping organized. set pieces. The, I, there were the eyeglasses. There was the eye with the eyeglasses. That's all I could recognize from the Great Gatsby. I've never read the Great Gatsby. I was supposed to read it in middle school, and I just looked at uh, just uh, did a book report. I just copied it from the. Um, 
what did they have before Wikipedia? Encyclopedias. <laughs> and I passed it oh, without having to read the book. books. And so all I know <laughs> about right. The Great Gatsby, I learned oh. from uh, Kate Beaton comics. <laughs> And then when I was watching the trailer, I'm like, oh, there's the billboard with the glasses. That's all I know about Kate Beaton. Here's what you oh, wait, know, Greg Gatsby. There's some eggs, but they're not eggs. They're islands. And they're, that's yeah, it's West Egg, because I, I got the uh, the audio book. It's only five hours long, and I got the part where the guy at the beginning is like, I live on West Egg. No, the Gatsby great, lives next to me. The Great Gatsby's spooky. awesome, Bill. It's like the first post-humanist, it's the first transhumanist science fiction novel. What? Yeah, no, Gatsby is, is basically, got. he's wired into what they call the... Um, the uh the 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 wire the wireless but it's actually the internet uh and then and then basically it's like the whole eastern seaboard is wired through a series of telegraph things to do a sort of proto internet it's all done with morse code and the like but it converts it to like punch cards and stuff into like images and basically what it's about is about jay gatsby's adventures trying to flee from the tin men who are these guys who are going to take away his memories? It's really good, Bill. You should watch it. You should read a Stephen King book. <laughs> it's really good, Bill. I'm going to kickstart your book. <laughs> My Kickstarter next week will be starting. Uh, Jay Gatsby flees the Tin Men was the original. Uh, Did you guys title. like the trailer? What did you think? No, I thought it looked ridiculous. Thought, have you guys well, read the it's book? It's a Baz Luhrmann movie, and I and I like Baz Luhrmann yeah. movies. Yeah. I still it's like Moulin ridiculous Rouge. movies. I have not seen Australia. Why do they keep giving that bitch money? I don't know. His but movies I'm glad make they his do. movies make a lot of money. The, Did Australia? Well, Australia didn't, didn't, but but uh, you really got to keep costume why. designers and in, in, in employed <laughs> somehow. Here's why I'm upset about Great Gatsby. Uh, First of all, I like the talent, and I, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I love all the people involved in that, yeah. and I and I actually like Baz Luhrmann when he's in full-on crazy yeah. Grand Guignol mode, but the thing yeah. is, is that having seen this trailer and how over-pitched it seems to be, I'm yeah. like, you know, I've always kind of wanted like a really good, subtle, well-done, um, period-accurate yeah. Gatsby movie, and, and, well, and now yeah. it's going to be about 10 or 20 years in before the trailer, that happens. There's like yeah. a Grand Theft Auto scene of a car, a computer-generated yeah. car thing, going through a computer-generated New York, and I'm like, that's yeah. gonna look real, much less even trying to. He doesn't care about. Real. I know, but it's even like what I love about Baz Luhrmann is since goddamn Strictly Ballroom, he has made it clear that no, 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 hyper reality, bitches. This is some alternate universe bullshit, and he's been honest to that to all his films. That was actually my one complaint about Australia is that it wasn't weird enough. Yeah. And then it took a weird turn for the series at the end. How do you think they're gonna handle the big scene with the dirigible chase? I don't know how that's going to go. Well, I mean, they, they'll be able to actually render the laser rifles. So right, be fine. that's going to be good. Bill, don't worry Bill, about it. I just want to make Bill. I want to pick Bill in the reading degree. I think the and I think Metal Benders right now. I hope they'll pull back on just the blatant lesbian sex sequences, though, because that's just exploitational, you know? After about the 17th on Lesbian orgasm, flapper girls? That See, if I directed that movie, that's all of you. Oh, about. there's that one character named Eva Green that the actress Eva Green named herself after because she <laughs> so reminds her right. of... She, she actually... Oh! The, actress, the, the okay. actress Eva Green is actually named like Blonsky, but she named herself Eva Green because she loved that character in in, uh, in in Great Gatsby so much. I presumably Zelda Fitzgerald. <laughs> like Bill's trying to participate. Yes, Bill. Yeah, she's, she's in the movie, but she said, "Lady from Doctor Who." She got the sad eyes. She looked like a crying uh, black velvet painting. That's that's pretty much. You just pretty much summed up the Great Gatsby. Sally Sparrow. <laughs> Did you hear about the penthouse pets pack for seniors? What are we gonna say about this? You can put penthouse pets in your safe you for three. You can pay three dollars. I'm and gonna you can gift summon... you this just to drive you crazy. I'm you gonna make you play it for an pretty, hour. Pretty ladies to come fight with you. Uh, well, we did talk about everything. We did. Okay, that's this week's geek <laughs> review. We're gonna take one more break because uh, uh, Bill's gotta jerk off to Frosting Rufio. <laughs> <laughs> did you crack this Rufio coming out? Wait, Frosting Rufio. <laughs> well, because he 
<laughs> never food. Yeah, he's seen never food ever since. Then he reads me all she gets to use like never condom when I go down on him. <laughs> anyway, dear lord, for some reason y'all are gonna he's be listening never in three seconds. Like and just when we start talking about Star Wars, Bill, press stop. Stop I just want to make Press stop. Uh, 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 myself uh, 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 on Earth, Sing the entire goddamn soundtrack. I don't doubt. Me and I Mike are soundtrack doubt. fiends, and we grew up mm-hmm. with John Williams. We know John Williams and said, Let's just Out, say it. You Star guys are, Star Wars. Wa- are soundtrack fiends because of Star Wars. Yeah! Oh, absolutely. I actually have a story about that. I was given, um, when I turned, Star Wars, was, I was seven when Star Wars came out, the first one. Mm-hmm. And when so I. So you were born in 1970. I was born in 1970. Okay. I, like, yeah, like, I was, yeah, there's a bunch of sevens in there. I'm 42, Star Wars is 35. Uh, Star- seven I was seven. Was 35? Uh, I was 35 when Sith came out. It was like, oh, there's all this, it's, numerologically, it's very fascinating. Anyway, no. <laughs> uh, what happened is I turned eight, and I got a, um, I got the soundtrack. My, I asked my mom to get me the Story of Star Wars album. You know, the one that had, like, the narration? where it It's was got like, a picture of R2 and 3 people. Yeah, it was like, yeah. it was like, long ago, a ship got oh, I blasted. I love that shit, yeah. yeah. And, and so what happened is she accidentally got me the soundtrack, the double LP, and I was like, oh, that's is okay, Mom. Is this before Mom. you had seen Star Wars or no, after? No, it was after I was eight. Oh, okay, And yeah. I was like, oh, that's okay, Mom, I'll just use this. And I so I spent my entire childhood drawing pictures of, like, speed buggy uh, to pick to the Star Wars soundtrack, <laughs> yeah, and so essentially that music Aww. just drilled its way so firmly into my head. I then, then I found that. out I was like, he also did Superman. You know, it was like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I got the uh, the the soundtrack for Return of the Jedi on cassette. It was the first album I ever got as a kid wow. uh, on uh, my was it, it would have been my eighth birthday because I'm uh, five years younger than you, so I was a little behind the times. I remember my first real experience with Star Wars as a kid. Technically, Star Wars and Mary Poppins were the first two movies uh, my parents took me to uh, to the theater when I was two years old. In the and summer the first two of Scott shots that Bill ever drew. <laughs> I know. I saw. I saw Julie Andrews on the, on the screen. I was like, that's the only lady I want to have sex with for the rest of my life, except for Daniel Craig. Um, I just want Daniel in Craig versus Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins. They're both oh, British. Man. They can carry it. He can you make never it stop coming. Daniel Craig in the Mary yeah. Poppins reboot. Oh, oh they get evergreen as 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 Bert. It's like a sex swap kind of thing, and she's all like singing. Okay, a okay, I would actually watch this movie. Yeah, <laughs> except that's a really gritty, fucked up like horse race. <laughs> You basically it's want all shaky cam. Anyway, let's talk about Star Wars, shall we? Yeah, Star Wars. But yeah, so I remember when I was a kid, I was in like kindergarten when The Empire Strikes Back just came out. Because right. I was born in 1975. And so when The Empire Strikes Back came out, I was like five. Yeah, I must have just been going into kindergarten or preschool. Sure. And they had a, a, a show. That's all your schoolmates were talking about, I'll bet. Yeah. It's, uh, so there was a, a show and tell day at my, at school. And this kid brought in all of his Empire Strikes Back toys. And I had never, Star Wars just was not on my radar. And this kid, he spent the whole fucking afternoon to the exclusive 
he pretty much took up everyone else's time just talking about all of his action figures and what they did in the movie because none of us were, all of us were too young to really have really seen any of the Star Wars movies in the theater so he was explaining a Star Wars uh, story to us using his action figures and it was incomprehensible nonsense but it sounded so cool and for some reason his the figure he was most proud of despite having all these robots and alien shit was Han Solo in his Hoth gear oh yeah just cause he liked Han Solo hood. so much and yeah. he was like this is the new figure from the new movie Captain uh. Han Solo and I was like Wow, this movie sounds so cool! I, I, and was, I've, I don't even remember actually seeing Star Wars for the first time, as, as, aside from seeing it when I was two, but... I do remember, I was, um... Sorry, uh, I, I remember I was seven years old, yeah. again, and, and what happened is is that I remember I was taken after church. I, my parents oh, waited... All the best things happen after church. My parents <laughs> waited like three yeah. months after the movie came out to take me. So it was like I spent every every day at school hearing my friends talk about how cool R2D2 was and stuff yeah. and I was just like flipping out because you know at that age you're just absorbing information. Yeah. Yeah. So basically like anything you see is burned into your eye, eye retinas forever. Yeah. And and it goes right straight through back to the brain pan and and so what happened is I was like collecting all the Star Wars cards in the days before the internet kids you could go <laughs> to a, a plaid pantry and get these Star Wars cards that were like going on the internet and getting rumors. You got pieces of the story on the back of the cards or yeah. a piece of right. puzzle. Yeah. yeah, It was like Wikipedia in your pocket. So little slices of cardboard stood in for, yeah. for blogs then and, and, and a little yeah. and the world, piece of the world's shittiest bubble gum. Oh, God, and, that and, cut your mouth. Yeah, and, and so what would happen is by the time I went uh, to see it, my folks took me to see it, I knew what everything was from having just collected literally 100 Star Wars cards. Oh, wow. And, and, my, and I was like, yeah, that's an Imperial Stormtrooper <laughs> at the beginning. And he was like, I remember what this the? vividly. I'm sitting there gnawing on red vines going, that's Darth Vader. Those are Stormtroopers. Uh, this isn't a Rebel Blockade Runner. Yeah. And, and like my dad going, when did you see this? Why am I taking you to see this? <laughs> like literally, like, why are you here? You apparently have already seen the movie. What was your first experience with My this? mom loves Star Wars. That's yeah. my connection. Our original idea was go- we were going to have your mom Skype in for this podcast, but we yeah. just couldn't make it. We don't know how the hell we're doing any of this podcast stuff, so yeah. that was not workable. But No, my mom, because my mom was young enough when the Star Wars movies came out that um, she had a huge crush on Mark Hamill. Yeah. Mark and, Hamill, um, that's fantastic. Yeah, she keeps telling me, he's like, no, 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 Mark Hamill was a dreamboat. I'm like, fuck you, mom, you're lying. Wasn't Paul McCartney your <laughs> no. favorite Beatle, too, at the same time? So she was always much. down with the s- quiet, sensitive one. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. She so, actually liked the pretty one in the band. That's right. Yeah. Exactly. And all the hipsters don't choose. That's they right. all like George Harrison. So my mom stuff. loved Star Wars. She read the novels, Aww, like all the expanded Your mom is novels. the best. My mom is great. Wow. And so when Aww. I would grow up, and we would watch, we had like the VHS and shit, and she'd show me Star Wars. Yeah, I kind of grew up with Star Wars on videotape. And pretty Sure, sure, it was like taped off of TBS because we were in there being commercials and shit. Yeah, you know, it's like, and so my mom would always, and she would tell me stories. She's like, Well, you know, Darth Vader used to be Anakin Skywalker, and blah blah blah, because she'd piece together shit from the expanded universe. She's yeah, like, and this is the backstory. And she had this rich backstory. And she's like, You know, she, he became a, 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 a Sith because of um, uh, Obi Wan. She had this grand romance. Con- oh, she came up with her own prequel. Oh, yeah. Well, as far a as love I triangle knew, or yeah, something. she was like, yeah. Is a love triangle with that's uh, what Obi-Wan everyone assumed would happen. Yeah. yeah, that's kind of what I hoped would happen. Yeah, yeah. and uh, um, and she would, she would tell me all this shit. And then the re releases were in 1997. Yeah, and so I was like 13, and it was in the huh. dollar. We I lived about three blocks away from a second run theater where you could go in and see movies for a dollar. So my friends and I went to go see the re releases like god 
10 or 15 times. Oh, really? Yeah, in this shit. And you guys didn't theater. care about the fact that it was special editions with shit changed or anything, right? No. Yeah. I think that, I think frankly, that debate well, that's is a generational over at this thing. point. That yeah. was, that's been, the thing that's weird is that was, 1997 was 15 years that, ago. Oh, no, man, it's yeah. been longer yeah. since the special editions have, have been released, since it was from the original release of those films yeah. to when the special editions were yeah. released. Star Wars has, has existed longer as a special edition as it ever did in its original flavor. Yeah, no, I, uh, it's, it's, I mean, however you feel about it, uh, that debate is over. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, my, my, my Star Wars thing is that, so I loved, I enjoy, I love the hell out of Star Wars, and yeah. my mom loves Star Wars, and it's something we shared, but, um. My, whenever I think of Star Wars, I think of one thing. I think of the goddamn Star Wars voice and sound water blaster. There was, was this like okay. a giant squirt gun. Yeah, that made sound so effects? I was at the time I was obsessed with Super Soakers. Yeah, and I had been involved with lots of extensive Super Soaker wars. Being a kid in Texas, I can see why. Yeah, well, yeah. Was sure. in Kansas and then to Texas, we do water well, wars. I remember all I used to go there and go to Wet and Wild. Yeah, the giant yeah, water parks exactly. And stuff. Yeah. The Shitterbahn, yes. So, but um, <laughs> um, no, but uh, so there we went to at the time PBS had a store in the mall. PBS had a store in the PBS mall. PBS had a store in the mall, and they sold. I never heard about this. Star Wars toys, and I went in with a friend of mine, my best uh-huh. friend in the world at the time, Jill Farrington, and they had Han Solo's water blaster, and it made the sound. It was Han Solo's gun, but in a water blast. I was like, Jesus Christ, it's the best. It was thing like I've his little seen. Mauser pistol. Yes. That's it was the best thing sweet. I have ever seen. And I was like, I have to buy this. We have to get some of those. We'll have to go on eBay and get some of those for this summer. <laughs> so I, I, I mean, it would have, I had did not have enough money for it. And yeah. I had to go get money for it. I'm sure it was like 20 bucks or something. And, and yeah. we were there with, and I could have gone and asked. And Jill said, don't, that is stupid. You do not well, want that. That is stupid. You don't want that. And I, so I was like, okay. She made me totally feel like shit. And then I, we left and I was, and, she, and like, I kept thinking, like, no, 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 no. I really want that water blaster. And I went back like three weeks later, sold out, could not find it ever again. I became obsessed with this goddamn water blaster. Like three years later, maybe for my birthday, she got me um, a, a water blaster, a Star Wars water blaster. It was like a fucking Imperial Stormtrooper water blaster. And that was one of the first times in my life where I had received a present and I basically oh. looked at the person whom I loved and who was my best and closest friend. And I was like, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you and your shitty you don't get it oh and that's that's what i think of when i think of star wars i'm looking on just ebay right now to see if i can friend's face yeah. that's just, oh yeah oh, wow. i gotta get it someday i'm trying to see on ebay if they actually still have those han solo's water blaster man han solo power of the force my, water blaster my oh day. my god yeah i'm just saying how much is it going for <laughs> yeah i can't wait <laughs> that game that thing that object, I've never had an object in my life become so, like, just, you but, know. But that's the genius Wait, of the movie. People are just selling the, the, the oh my god, uh, they're selling just the, for the a- original action figure, Han Solo's toys. There's so many, oh my god, I can't even find, there's so many auctions for Han Solo's Blazer Blaster, just for the action figure. I actually have like, the all prop for the, uh, Star the accessories. Do you? Yeah, that, I was an extremely Aww. kind of uptight and anal retentive child. 
and I actually would meticulously save all my Star Wars figure stuff mm -hmm. and 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 all like all the little accessories which yeah. all my friends lost. Yeah. And I remember one time I, uh, I people have offered to buy them for me like at a oh, yeah. buck a pop. Yeah. yeah. And I was like I was just talking to my friend Brenna about this today because she has a lot of Star Wars action figures and all their toys and she doesn't know what to do with them and I thought it would be great to take all of those little plastic action figures and actually mount them on wood like a really nice trophy. Oh box. yeah, you could do a sure. nice like piece of and art. then like do yeah. like little like copper badges underneath all of them with their names. And, like who they belong to. Oh yeah, that'd be great. Like, like a nice kind of like the genius Aww. of Star Wars, and the reason I think it for there are a lot of reasons I think it became kind of the cultural the mythology of people our age, you know. And, and I think the reason it entered the cultural fabric like it did is because with little kids, it, it it was the first movie to really understand how to reinforce your love of the story with toys. Yeah. And oh, you yeah. basically oh, yeah. the toys set up a definitely where you could extend the mythology at home. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Playing with it. That, you know? Yeah. It was interactive. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think and that and yeah like your like your fetish like obsession with that Han Solo water blaster. I think everybody has that toy well, this, in yeah. the Star Wars canon if they were fans. Mine was the Rebel Snowspeeder that had to put action figures in it. Oh yeah. Yeah, that was mine. Aww. That or the Millennium Falcon diecast. Oh my god. I was about to ask what our favorite toys were when yeah. we were oh, kids, sorry. like Star Wars stuff. No, I'm just what saying that that's the Millennium Falcon was bad. It was the Millennium Falcon. You know what I always really loved was the uh, Star Wars action figure carrying cases that were shaped like Darth Vader's head or C-3PO's yeah. head. It wasn't necessarily a fun toy, but I always thought that was such a cool idea. Mine is still sitting in my parents' closet. Yeah, I think mine... <laughs> mine... Uh, my, I had uh, two Darth Vader cases full of action figures back in my parents' house two. in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Oh um, goodness! Oh, most all my toys I got from uh, it, whatever I didn't get from Christmas or my birthday, I just got from garage sales and, uh, and uh, flea markets. Graph. For most of my, <laughs> for most of, yeah, I know. For beating up little kids. Uh, but no, most of my uh, time growing up as a kid, I spent uh, scouring flea markets because my parents would go to flea markets every Sunday, and I'd go with them, just like picking up Star Wars stuff, and I got yeah. all the Star Wars toy guides. Trying, yeah. Not 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 even to make money, but just to build up a collection. And I think when, when I uh, when my parents moved from uh, Pittsburgh to, to Branson, Missouri, I think they got rid of all that stuff, so oh, I think it's man. all gone. But man, like the Jabba the Hutt playset, it was great, because it was just great. You could open up and store your stuff in there, so if you want, like, like you want to have, like, a secret note. Not that I had any secret notes, because I didn't have anyone to play with, because I was sad and fat and just playing Super Mario Bros. 2. Anyway, I think you're absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> this is supposed to be. Like, I'm gonna come out to you guys, and this is. God, I, 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 you're a five-year-old forever. Star Wars is like tied in totally to misery and loneliness. Naked drawings you. of Daniel Craig. You can hide in Jabba's grill. I'm just saying. Uh, no, no, no. no the thing about Star Wars is that I think, especially when you're a young person, there's something very inviting about that world. Yeah. Well, it's black and white. It's very the the morality is very clear. And like another Even, thing with like that universe, anything can exist. Right. Right. In the universe. It was this brilliant container because yeah. you could essentially it had like you know sort of royal fairy tale stuff, yeah, and then also like cool gritty stuff, yeah, and samurai stuff, biker stuff, western and... stuff, yeah, yeah sci-fi stuff. And the fact that he named started with Episode Four, yeah. and but never like I almost wish he had never made one through three because yeah. what that did in your mind is it made it activated your imagination like oh, yeah. and what where what happened in the first yeah. three. Well, that's why so people so many people were pissed off about the prequels between that the imagination factor and like. Uh, the interactivity with the toys where it becomes your own story is when he started uh, changing shit with uh, first the special editions and started mucking with continuity with the prequels. That's why people got so pissed off because they grew up with the world of Star Wars not just being something they just uh, engaged with passively but it yeah. was something that was 
part of their growing up, I had part an of their playtime. Alien species. Yeah, what was my, it? My best internet friend, um, Emily, and I, we created a whole Aww. alien species, Star Wars species called the Yetaperf. Which is a terrible name. <laughs> Yet a perf. Terrible That's... name. Okay, here's the thing you also need to know about Emily and myself. We were totally, like, on the outskirts of furry fandom at the time, too. So we were, like, 14 years Man. old, spending too much time on the internet, and um, the Yet a perf, they were, like, basically small red ferrets that had um, uh, bone uh, horns on the end of their tails. We had like a not even, yeah. Were they yeah. people sized or were they just creatures that ran around they the Star were, Wars universe? They were about knee high. Okay, so they weren't even like a, like anyone who would be involved in like a Star Wars fight or something like no, that. No, well, they were. In fact, we had all these characters. In fact, I think my my Flickr login is still Sabat because Sabat was my my Oedipus. And uh, it, man, wow. uh, saying that word out loud just makes me feel like an idiot. I don't think I've said <laughs> that word in decade. Yeah, the perf. Well, you know, I mean, like I probably still have those drawings somewhere. She was an artist. Yeah, she, it's and funny so we would you just spitball about that shit. I would love to see a picture of that. It's funny that you mentioned that because okay, you, you Star Wars was fully established when yeah. you came into it. It was yeah. like this universe they had already codified. Yeah, you missed out on the really wacky, the wild shitty, west. wild west time <laughs> of Star Wars because yeah. when the first Star Wars came out, they launched Marvel Comics launched mm-hmm. this series. And they had no idea what Star Wars was. <laughs> if you actually, Dark Horse just recently collected as the, as the series yeah, from a long time ago, yeah. like an omnibus, about a five volume omnibus of all of it. And it is like the first like year of Star Wars in like 1978 when they have no idea if they're going to make more movies, if yeah. they're like, what they have no idea what the universe is, is like batshit. And it has like yet a purse stuff in it. Wow. There's, a, there's a giant green rabbit yeah. that hangs out with Han and Chewie uh, and, and named Jackson. There's like, and there is actually like, there's a creature called the Hujib. Yeah. Uh, I somewhere the Hujibs, in that. yeah. It's kind of like the Yetaperf in yeah. description. Yeah. And there's like, I mean, there's all this stuff that's like, there's like people who are like, they go, whoa, we're dealing with space pirates. And they're yeah. like people in actual pirate costumes. <laughs> yeah. Like wearing breeches like, and pantaloons nice. and stuff. Yeah, like that's like Han Solo's buddies are guys yeah. with like gold earrings and big like curly Q mustaches and yeah. shit. Just because a lot of the guys doing like the Star Wars comics are guys who had like, done like flash gordon comics or like they'd actually done a lot of the genre comics that like star wars is based off of so they just went back to their own kind of goofy interpretation of what they think the star wars universe should be because like yeah star wars was just what they'd always been drawing their entire lives just like shown through this like cinematic prism and then like like, the artists would draw had 70s trapping and stuff like like han solo in the early issues of that has has conan's hair basically yeah Yeah. man i mean well me being an artist i grew up as a kid like the first comics i ever really read were star wars comics uh but i was such a fan of the film that, like, I would flip out when I'd be reading the Star Wars adaptations, the comic adaptations yeah. of any of the movies, where you could see where, obviously, people had stuck uh, stuck to drawing things as the way they appear in the movie, yeah. but when they had to, like, suddenly come up with, like, oh, this is what Cloud City yeah. looks like, they just fell back on their old, like, 1950s style of, like, like comic book sci-fi illustration, where yeah. it's all, like, gleaming uh, pedestals, and, like, yeah. obviously does not look like from anything, anything from like the movie. Asgard. Oh, and I would get yeah. so upset! Like, why does this look I think in the, I think maybe in the, uh, a comics adaptation for the first Star Wars movie, I think there's a panel or two where the Millennium Falcon, aside from just being drawn wrong, the details are you know, right. But I think there's a couple panels where like there's a cockpit on either side of the Falcon oh, because whoever drawing it, they, didn't have, yeah. they had to draw it without seeing the movie, yeah. but they had some still, so maybe they just assumed that there was a... Well, you've seen that old Star Wars production painting that was officially commissioned that has oh, yeah. like, a fight over the Death Star, and there's like five Millennium Falcons in it or something. And yeah. The nice. thing is, I've, I've gone through this whole journey with Star Wars because I actually was like you. I used to get really, really upset if the, everything wasn't respected just so. Yeah. I have since 
as I've gotten older, kind of come to love that though. I actually, yeah. I think no, I've yeah. come to appreciate Star Wars's kitsch. Yeah, like I now well, like, engage with it mostly as like, well, oh, even, someone's remixed it in this interesting well, it's like, way. It's more, it's like folk mythology at this point. Yeah, you yeah. Know? And I kind of love the fact that early on, when there were no rules, there was more of a sense of play to those really effed up, horrible Marvel comics. Like, yeah, yeah and Carmine Infantino drawing the Millennium Falcon would like completely differently in every panel to panel. <laughs> exactly. Unless you know exactly, it's the Millennium yeah. Falcon because there's a caption that says the Millennium Falcon swoops. Back yeah, when Star Wars yeah. was just a sandbox for everyone to play in before yeah. it became this big uh, continuity laden heavy just bluff. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, and I guess that at Lucasfilm nowadays they actually have like three or four separate continuities they manage. Yeah, there's know? different yeah. levels like continuity C, like the movies are like continuity like level A or something like yeah. that, and the comics are like level B, and the I, radio see, plays are honest, continuity honest, C, honest, video con- games. Yeah, I should say the the comics are probably continuity level F. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, well, the thing was, even back when uh, uh, Lucas was doing the original trilogy, he didn't know what the hell he was doing. I mean, Christ, like he didn't come up with the idea that like basic stuff like uh, uh, Vader being Luke's father until he was halfway through writing The Empire Strikes Back. Well, and like just even other that. world stuff, like world building stuff. Yeah, he wasn't. He didn't know what the hell was going on. Like the one of the original drafts of The Empire Strikes Back ended with the the heroes just on a, a generic like fairy tale planet. Yeah. Where there's like pixies and shit like running around just because he thought, well, maybe that's a world. <laughs> and like, you, think you never know. see that now. I don't know. You have to have rainbows. Which that kind of turned into uh, what's, what's, what's. Splinter of the Mind's Eye. Ma- which I've never Remember read, that? but I've heard great things about that. Well, you know, the story of Splinter of the Mind's Eye, the first yeah, ever expanded universe novel mm-hmm. is Splinter yeah. of the Mind's Eye. It was written in like, again, 78 or maybe 79. It was that. All there was until Heir to the Empire, I think. Which came out in the like nineties, right? Oh, the Timothy Zahn's trilogy. Yeah, the, yeah. The Zahn there trilogy. were other Star Wars books, right? But the only books there were up to that point were like Splinter of the Mind's Eye, which was this thing that Alan Dean Foster wrote, mm-hmm. that was basically designed to be a low budget sequel to Star Wars in case it didn't make very much money. Yeah. And so it's on a fog planet, so they wouldn't have had to build any sets or backdrops. That's amazing. And then and then there's that. And then the second thing was there were three novels by Brian Daly that were about Is that the Han, Han, Solo, Han and Chewie. Like yeah. just going off and having like cool, cool brothers. Han Solo at like Star's End and stuff. Yeah, I wanted. I have. I can't believe they've never like when they did Star Wars Clone Wars. You know this yeah. animated thing for kids. Yeah. I can't believe they didn't do like a Han and Chewie like buddy cop. That's thing. What, Annie's what been saying that for years. People, the fact that you're going to do a CGI cartoon, you, t- you yeah. don't take advantage of the medium to present something that you can't otherwise show. Jesus Christ! Yeah. Well, you guys have seen that Han Solo Adventure student film, right? Yeah. No. Oh, I'll show you this after one. When it's done, we'll stream it because yeah. it's amazing. Someone actually did do a Han well, and Chewie it's, sort it's, of. It's like funny. a little five minute thing. It's pretty goddamn. Because cute. let's be honest here, even as a young person and now as an adult person, all I care about is Han Solo and Chewbacca. Han and Chewie are kind of like the heart and soul of Star Wars. Yeah. Right? That's why like the Empire Strikes Back is so great because it's so uh, focuses so heavily on Han Solo. Yeah. Man, that still it's bumps all about me the shit out. Not working. I love it. <laughs> Man, it still bumps me out. That's one of the that's one of the things that's wrong with re- well, wrong. <laughs> this is one of the things where George Lucas screwed up <laughs> Star Wars. But that's one of the disappointing things about Return of the Jedi is in one of the original drafts of the Empire Strikes Back. Um, when uh, Han, when Han and Leia are having their fight at the beginning of the film, in the final film, uh, Leia's pissed off at Han because Han wants to go out and uh, pay off uh, his debt to Jabba the Hutt. And she's mm-hmm. like, no, I want you to stick around because you're a great leader. And he's like, you know, you could use a good kiss, blah, blah, blah. In the original draft, uh, it was Han, uh, he wanted to park his ass and stay around. He's like, I don't want to go out and do anything interesting. And Leia's like, no, we have this lead on this galactic pirate 
guy yeah. who, uh, if we can get him to join the rebellion, he'll double our forces. We can launch a giant attack against uh, the Empire and fuck up the Empire. And she's like, well, you're a space pirate. You should be able to you know, get in touch with this guy and help us out. And he's like, oh, I don't want to go. And you find out what happens is he doesn't want to get in touch with this guy because this guy is Han Solo's, not father, but, but surrogate mentor. father, who, like, yeah, Han Solo. It's not like the kind of, like, the, the idea... they knew this in that third Pirates of the Caribbean movie? A little bit, yeah. yeah. But the idea that, like, this, this this space pirate guy picked up Han Solo when he was a kid, when he was an, an orphan on Corellia, and uh, he raised Han Solo and taught Han Solo everything he knew, and, uh, yeah, and now he's the leader of this whole pirate armada that's out there and like yeah like, just a bunch like, of ragtag shit yeah Leia's like oh, yeah Han we need we need this guy's help and we need to get out there and that's the argument they're having and uh then the rest of the film kind of happens the same way you know it does in the actual finished film and the idea with the the idea being in the third film Han's journey while everyone else is kind of going off trying to you know defeat the Death Star or whatever yeah Han would be off on his own story his little b-plot yeah reconciling with his uh Long lost, forgotten father, you and what? during this big armada battle with uh, at the Death Star, Han Solo would say the kind of like a big ass version of what happens in the Star Wars, except instead of just coming back to the Millennium Falcon, he shows up and he's got like a thousand pirate ships with him. But then Han Solo was absent from the entire film. That's, That's actually why prefer- they didn't do it. <laughs> That's maybe preferable to how they actually used him in, well, in Return of the Jedi. Because he's, he's not doing anything he's in like, Return hey, of the Jedi. He's like, hey, somebody else fly my ship. I'm yeah. just going to... But this is an idea that only existed for one single draft of the Empire Strikes Back thing. Well, think how much money that goes into a B-plot. Yeah. But that would have been fantastic. Would have actually yeah. given Harrison Ford something to do. But that's a great idea. I love the idea. That would have been so great. And they go, meh. Well, meh. you know. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because Return of the Jedi, when it came out, I was kind of like, I was 13 when that came out. And then when I was kind of done with Star Wars for a long time, I was kind of yeah. like, you know, this this story, it had Muppets well, in it. And was. I was kind of like, just getting old <laughs> enough to go, there are Muppets in this. I'm, I'm okay. I can yeah. move on. And then, yeah, no, there was this weird fallow period that Annie missed, basically, where mm-hmm. we didn't well, have like any new material. Long, yeah. yeah, we didn't have any new material for all that Well, that's time. why the Zon books were such It was kind of fading a... from memory until those Zon books showed up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was a huge thing. And in fact, there was a publishing thing, too. I remember the publishing world was like, oh, my God, the Star Wars uh, series continues in print. Yeah, it was my mom putting money in their pockets. I'm just saying. How yeah. does your mom, uh, in, what was your mom's take on, like, what kind of expanded universe stuff did she enjoy? I can't remember now. Like, because what she would, she would always talk to me about this stuff. She would always get excited about it. She's like, well, you know, you get to learn about Han and Leia's children and them being Jedis and stuff. And like, you need to understand that my mom read Star Wars expanded universe novels and romance novels. And then like pretty pretty much all of like the the cat murder mystery novels. What is like the cat who, like that was what my mom was reading. So the cat who beat someone to death with a club. Exactly. Yeah. Not there's anything wrong with that, but yeah, that's, no, that's what you... Wrong with that I oh, cannot yeah. abide expanding universe shit. Star Wars, to me, is such a movie-movie thing. Yeah, but I don't like, actually... I've never read those books. I've read yeah. some funny comics and... See, my mom was a book person. That's yeah. why, at the end of the day, you know... But Star Wars is such... Like, the whole point of Star Wars, it's just taking all these cinematic genres and just kind of putting them in a blender. Yeah. And you could, like... The, you could make interesting stories in the Star Wars universe that take place in almost any kind of, like, yeah. form of fiction. I think that was my but... big problem with the prequels at the end of the day, is that it, it wasn't a pastiche. It was a pastiche of Star Wars yeah. at that point. Yeah. It was just Star Wars in a blender. Playing on its own to... themes rather than, like, yeah. yeah, bringing any kind of new I mean, obviously there's a lot of problems with it. But, you know, at the end of the day, it didn't... That's why you can't get excited about... I mean, I, honestly, even Genevieve Tartakovsky's animated stuff, 
I love that guy. I was bored as hell during all that. I'm like, ah, it's just riffing on Star Wars. Clone Wars more. stuff doesn't do it for you. Does not. I could not get any. Get, I've not watched any of the CGI stuff. Well, so it's like, interesting because Clone Wars is kind of past. I mean, I I actually had a very poignant moment when I realized I, I went and saw that Clone Wars three episode thing yeah. they showed. Oh, the, the movie, theaters. the pilot that and, turned out to be a movie. Or, yeah, and I was really, I was like. Oh my, I had this really, really interesting and, and sort of grown-up realization. Oh, my God, Star Wars is not for me anymore. Yeah. yeah. I was like... Oh, Star I, Wars is a huge thing, though, for kids, kids now. Kids love it. Kids but love Clone Wars. But it's all Clone Wars. Wars. But that's not mine. That's well, not that's my Star Wars. Well, that's the reason why you have goddamn Connect Star Wars. Yeah. It's for kids. Okay, okay, so I Han played... Solo dancing well, in no, no. the Carbonite Chamber. I did disco not music know. Is for everybody. <laughs> I did not know this about Connect Star Wars, that the dancing sequences, all the music you're dancing to is popular music rewritten to be about Star Wars. I'm Han Solo, I'm Han Solo. I, I, I was like, Princess in a Battle? That's a terrible title for a song, not knowing that it's a riff on Genie in a Bottle. I'm a princess in a battle. Gotta fight the rebel way. <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> but that's generally what it is. It's like it's it's okay that things are not for you sometimes. No, yeah, no, it's fine. I love the fact that someone uh, uh sign of maturity possibly. Somebody, yeah. somebody <laughs> in my Twitter feed posted a photo of like their nephew had drawn something about like five-year-old nephew drawn like this big star wars clone battle drawing yeah and that's exactly the same kind of uh, thing you'd see a uh, five-year-old like mike russell would sure. have drawn as yeah. a kid when the first star wars movie came out this is 35 years later and you still have yeah. little baby kids drawing star wars and crayon like whoop, 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 like a bunch of like stormtrooper guys shooting each other that's awesome it's i love the that smartest thing he can do is he just keeps reinventing it for a new generation well i like the fact that uh, it's interesting that george lucas knew that once the uh, the prequel trilogy was over he needed to find a way to keep on making money because this kicked him in the ass when the original trilogy ended. He had no way of, he had no uh, extra sources of revenue. He, hey, didn't he do had those Ewok TV movies. Come That's on, right. yeah, those. Are out he the had TV. Willow. Yeah, Come I on know. Now. Oh, Willow. There's he had a Tucker reason. The man in his dreams. There's a reason why he wound up having to sell Pixar in order to make ends meet. You know, yeah. in in, yeah. in in the eighties. Well, he had also he had a huge divorce that cleaned him out of half the money he already right. had after. Yeah, he was a little, that. I like that's half the reason why love. The whole love subplot in, re- in the prequel trilogy is so fucked up because he got a divorce. And that just, like, he just so- suddenly just hates love so much. That's why, like, in the prequel trilogy, love will get you killed. And, like, that's, kinda, <laughs> that's the thing you learn from the prequel trilogy is, like, love will make you miserable. Yeah. Don't fall in love. Only assholes will fall in love. You'll fall to the dark side if you fall in love. That's no one. It's so cold and weird. I will actually defend. I, 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 do, I will say something that's very unpopular probably at this table. I will defend of all of I, the first two prequels are appalling, and I hate them. Yeah. I like Revenge of the Sith, and I like Revenge That's of the Sith because I think it's the only movie he wanted to make. I need to see it. Yeah. I think it's. Yeah. I, I think that there are long stretches of it that are kind of a brilliant, beautiful, silent movie. Um, oh, they are burning the uh, Jedi Temple. Yeah, I mean, there's a long, silent stretches in that that are that feel like pure Star Wars to me. But the reason yeah. I like it most is because it's the only one of those three that seems to be about really grown up stuff. Like, yeah. like it's about it's about the failure of bureaucracies. It's yeah. about the falling of governments. It's about the the it's an incredibly cynical movie about like love and hope and yeah, <laughs> you know, tricking naive people, <laughs> just like yeah. in Machiavellian stuff. And but I feel like it's the only one of those with anything approaching any kind of gravity. It has, it has all of the problems of the prequels that really yeah. led in exposition heavy dialogue but the stuff in it that's beautiful feels like actual star wars to me as opposed yeah. to the other films. well he uh lucas by his own admission a couple of years ago came out and admitted that like 70 percent of what he had in mind with the prequel trilogy was the third re- film yeah right? was the third yeah. film and he came out and admitted that like the vast majority of the first two prequel movies were just filling a pod race all that stuff 
like the, the big fight in the arena at the end of the second film. That's just stuff you just put in there just as filler before you actually had the third film happen. Yeah, he Which, only ever wanted to make That's totally what it feels film. like. And, and, the, Which, and the thing is, it's funny, as you watch the third film, Sith... I wish he'd just made three. That would have kept the window open uh, in an interesting way. But yeah. what happened is that movie opens with a big space battle, and you already know there's a war. Yeah. You don't need all the, the two yeah. episodes, two movies of build up. You already know that they're that that Anakin and Padme are secretly married. You don't need to see the build up to that. You don't need to see how they get to those things. It's well, better what, when you're just dropped in. What he needed to do was actually write the movies ahead of time before making the movies because he had this huge problem of, uh, despite. He loves to make it sound like he the Star Wars legacy is something that exists fully formed in his head, uh-huh. and he's just like transcribing the films. But no, uh, there's a he's, he's tapping into his muse, the midichlorians. Yeah. Well, there was uh, the making of oh man, someone came out with the oh they talk about oh there's this great book called the secret a secret history of Star Wars, which is this uh, this guy named Michael Kaminsky wrote this book. It's like a 600 page book. It's huge, but it's all about the writing process of all six Star Wars movies. And uh, he talks about how in the prequel trilogy things got fucked up because yeah, Lucas was just uh, he was writing the movies, but since he's not a writer, he kept on fucking around and he kept on delivering scripts late. And like something like the script for Episode Two didn't get finished until two weeks before principal photography. Jesus. Oh really? And so he was making up a lot of stuff on the spot, which is weird because he had sixteen mo- sixteen years between trilogies. You think he could have spent some of that sixteen years kind of trying to nail down the basic ideas of what would be happening in these three films? I got nothing but sympathy for the guy in that. Case. No, honestly, because it. imagine have you ever had a joke like a comic joke or a comic idea? Or I thought you think that was gonna be really funny and huge. And yeah, you're like, I know what I'm gonna do. And then you sit down at the keyboard and you start and you writing. And you're like, how oh, to execute? This was that. just like one sentence or one but, scene. But it's it's <laughs> weird that like he had to put so much filler into the first two prequel movies. That when it came to executing the third film, there was a lot of stuff he had to lop out because has, he said like a whole third of the uh, final film was supposed to be about the foundation of the Rebel Alliance. Oh. That's supposed to be what uh, Natalie Portman oh, was supposed man. to be doing. Dude, okay. But the trilogy, the prequels, that is my biggest disappointment. In the, I can forgive a lot of bullshit. I can even forgive goddamn Jar Jar Binks. Yeah. What a wet fart. Padme is... Yeah. Is and supposedly just... his only idea was that would right. be leading up to oh. the third film. You get to see her do some badass stuff and yeah. trying to sneak around Anakin and trying to found the Rebellion. But because he had mismanaged the like how the stories work, but there was like the, the third movie was so overstuffed with stuff, he didn't have any time to actually address the formation of the Rebel Alliance. I think Mon Mothma shows up in the movie for like two seconds. Yeah. And that's all that really happens. You can, you can kind of infer that that's what's going on in the background okay, but there's though. nothing in the movie about it i know well, it's I know, okay I know, because but... they have a really good setup for it in the force unleashed oh, <laughs> star wars video games oh, man goodness. but anyway for the prequels but yeah, i uh... think really the best thing you can say about star wars is that star wars has inspired people i know that there are some people who would say that star wars has monopolized people's creative output yeah that's dylan mcconus always oh, kind of goes our, off yeah. on that our bro dylan mcconus she that is actually what she said i was like oh we're gonna talk about uh um star wars she goes oh you mean the the movie that creatively crippled a generation of young men well you know but isn't this, <laughs> i mean certainly it, I, one thing i will say is a legacy of star wars that i'm starting to find a bit tiresome is uh it did make 
the hero's journey, the Joseph Campbell thing, yeah. sort of the one way to tell stories yeah. in, in yeah. mainstream Hollywood entertainment. You did lose... I, and, I mean, pinning all of that on Star Wars is kind of a horrible thing to do. But it's not, it's not fair. Yeah. It's not fair. But, but it's but a very simplistic is, is story. not wrong. But that, mean, but that hero's journey thing is just one way to tell a story. Yeah. And, and, it, and, it, and it does seem to me like it's the safe bet and the safe go-to bet for everything, for, including stuff I love, like, you know, Harry Potter, yeah. you know, is Man. like... Being Model into video games and everyone who making video games, like their big, first big hard on was Star Wars. That's like the chief storytelling thing in video yeah. games right now. It's like orphan kid who, like you know, starts off in his little village and fighting against this giant empire with his little risky band of. Oh God, it's fucking terrible. Well, yeah. it's like you know Lucas when he was. I mean, Lucas was reacting to what he thought was a great deal of cynicism in movies at the time, and yeah. he, and what he did is he tried to make. He was distilling, you know, Joseph Campbell and sort of cultural, like sort of larger cultural myths into yeah. something that he just did such a good job of distilling it into something that felt so pure. The mechanics that, of how he did that with the first Star yeah. Wars movie is fucking amazing. If you really go back and just like yeah. how purely he distilled all that stuff down, yeah. how yeah. everything worked so beautifully, how he got like a character like Han Solo who's straight from a western yeah. right. with a space wizard, a space yeah. princess, yeah. a samurai biker guy yeah. who flies a spaceship and can choke people with magic, <laughs> and a yeah. gay robot in a trash can, yeah. and a giant monkey. Like, yeah. how that makes sense, and like the fact that they all can coexist in the same world, and with that world magic does exist, and no one really bats an eye. That's 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 a hell of a thing. Well, that first movie's a miracle of construction too, because it starts out really slow and a kind of seventies paced. Like yeah. they spend a long time in the desert in the oh yeah, first originally this of that movie or this episode of the yeah. podcast was going to be a, uh, a podcast commentary of us watching the film, and I watched the movie today, and I realized it's a little bit too slow for us to be doing a pot like a commentary about. But, yeah, that movie is, uh, it's a little pokey uh, film. Well, it's a fascinating movie, though, because it starts out almost 70s style like that. But yeah. as it keeps going and going and going, it accelerates. Like, the structure of that movie is acceleration. Like, pretty much everything that happens to Luke Skywalker, and that happens in a single day. Yeah. He starts out <laughs> working out in the desert it's on, like on evaporator. Yeah. And then by the end of the day, he's blowing up a space station. I know! Watching yeah. this film again, I, I, like I was watching some of the deleted scenes, and, the, and this day starts off with him kind of like hanging out with like there's deleted scenes from the first Star Wars movie where he's hanging out with his like little shithead friends at like the what the Tashi space station or whatever yeah. or the 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 the, the, the like little uh, garage where he and his friends hang out with, and he goes yeah for like on the morning of that day kind of hanging out with his friends yeah at the end of the day. He just blew up the Death Star, and he's getting a, a metal pinned on him. There's like yeah. a night. There's like yeah. a night in there it's where, like, there's like a, the next morning they go find R two D two. But really, it is like yeah. the movie takes place over approximately maybe two or three days. Yeah, and it, it's just like yeah, three days if you count like maybe the amount of time it took the Millennium Falcon to to get to. You know, what are they doing? Just shitting in the Millennium Falcon toilet and kind of like doing uh, <laughs> lightsaber practice. That's what I, I want. That's the great untold God. Star Wars tale. Is the long is somewhere there's a long trip. <laughs> There's a long trip in the Empire Strikes Back when they're getting to Cloud City. Yeah, because the hyperdrive is a long trip, yeah. and they're just Han and Leia are just having a mad affair on the <laughs> ship, and, and Chewbacca is just like really awkward. Oh, that's how Chewie and uh, Chewie and Three uh, have such a relationship when they get to Cloud City. Because I've seen so much awful <laughs> shit already. Play so many hands of poker. They're like, God, <laughs> would like... they just stop making oh, out yeah. already? And then like the, the other one is that yeah, that them all sharing the same toilet, trying to get to Yavin. They're just like sharing like, a. Uh, uh, <laughs> Sharing a Millennium Falcon-sized little baby toilet with a Wookiee? <laughs> Having to use it after Chewie's just used? How clogged does that get, right? Oh, my God. Having to brush it out of his this fur when he's done? This has been the three-minute 
minutes of Star Wars Toilet Humor at the Boy Howdy Podcast. Thank you. you know, one of my favorite things about the original Star Wars 2, George Lucas wrote it while eating almost nothing exclusively but frozen foods. If there's any, <laughs> whenever like, I'm writing or drawing or, or doing anything and I'm like dinners. eating some garbage, I'm like, oh. If it was good enough for George Lucas, it was it's good enough for me. You've seen his neck. I don't know. <laughs> it all came back. If you slice that neck, his, that neck open, it's just it's just like Stoker's pot pie filling. It's supposedly. He actually has a little Swanson's tattoo right there. <laughs> yeah. Supposedly, urban legend is that the first thing he did with his first paycheck, his first royalty paycheck from Star Wars, Star Wars was he bought a sports car and a walk-in freezer. To contain all the uh, frozen dinners he anticipated having to use in writing the next Star Wars movie. Awesome. But his wife, Marshall Lucas, Lucas supposedly went, Honey, no, we're buying a new house. You're getting a personal chef. You're going to eat human food. (laughs) You're rich now. We can afford it. Wait, how is... A scallop chicken and noodles by Stouffer's not real food. That's right. I know he could have he could like, he could have eaten the brownie out of the Swanson's uh, TV dinner raw, and that's so good. If Marsha Lucas had let him eat yeah. Swanson's Hungry Man dinners, we wouldn't have Ewoks. That's right. This is what I'm saying. We wouldn't have the prequel trilogy. She could have saved the world if we had let this be, man. That's gonna be your uh, uh, JFK was an assassinated book. It's gonna be your uh, Marsha Lucas gonna talk about the Hungry Man. We go back in time and. Lucas history. would have finished, like, in 1999, <laughs> Lucas... Well, actually, he would have done it, because if he had not had the Frozen Dinners, he would have done it, like, yeah. ten years earlier. Oh, yeah. So it would be, like, 1995, we would be yeah. finishing up the prequel trilogy. Yeah. It would be awesome! It would just be, like, it would be, like, full of love triangle, and there'd be, like, the round table. It would have, like, a Star Wars round table Jedi with, like, the with like the Imperial symbol on it, but it's good then. And, like, all the knights would have had different sized lightsabers, and there'd be, yeah. like, a Gawain, and everybody arguing, and, and there'd be, like... And the, the final fight would have been, like, dark. Darth Vader's turned bad, and it would have been like five, fifteen Jedi trying to take him but down, no. and he killed all of them but Obi Wan. But no, he like kicked him off the cliff. Marshall Lucas had to distract him right. with a chef salad. But no, yeah, and you know what would have happened maybe, after that? Maybe, maybe, maybe an apple. In 1995, <laughs> Lucas would have finished that up, and everybody oh, would have been like God. weeping, and he would have gone, you know what? I've earned this. Well, wait, I'm going to pull out the Hungry Man Deluxe Special, <laughs> and he would have had a thrombus and died. <laughs> He would have been like Charles M. Schultz dying the day the last peanut strip came out. God damn. He would have died on the release Wait. date of Star Wars Episode Three. Okay, yeah. 11 movies. Yeah. Wait, actually, would it, okay, so assuming he would have done the 12 movies that he originally said he was going to do, right. three, three years per movie, would he still be making them now if he had stuck to that? No, he'd Starting. be dead from this movie. That's right. That's true. Man, well, this is the other thing. Marsha Lucas, she was a badass. People don't give her enough credit for how awesome Star editor. Wars turned out. Yeah, she was an editor of a lot of uh, Martin Scorsese's early films. Oh, really? She oh, was, yeah. she no, was she's, a badass. She's, a great, she's very talented. She, a lot of people recognize she was kind of uh, the guy that Lucas had writing the original Star Wars trilogy that he didn't have. Yeah, and writing the, the like the prequel trilogy, you know, because like I said, they got a divorce right after Return of the Jedi. Yeah. She, supposedly, she was the one who said when you know she was reading his script for uh, Star Wars, was like, "Whatever you got to do, you got to make sure the princess has a personality. She can't just be like a cute yeah. lady to be one. You have to make her like yeah. do something. She has you have to like you have to make her some kind of a Spitfire or something like that. Somebody yeah. that the like the audience can actually like believe is a real human being. Well, we also Especially, saved him from the first TV style edit of the film that was turned in. There was a rough assembly of Star Wars that was like like there's like it was very very um, 
sort of TV movie-ish. It didn't have that acceleration that the yeah. final had, and Marshall Lucas is partially responsible for that. Yeah, because huh. she, she was an, a professional editor, so she really knew story and character and knew what stuff... Even before he would present his scripts to the studio, like he would clear stuff for her, and so she supposedly had a lot of great story advice. One of my favorite Marshall Lucas stories, I, uh, anecdotes I've ever heard was, uh, she... Uh, uh, Spielberg and Lucas brought her in to see the first rough cut of uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Right. Yeah. And at the end, uh, she's like, oh, yeah, uh, it's 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 great. Uh, well, no, their first cut ends with um, they, uh, Nazis open up the Ark, everyone gets yeah. wiped out. Yeah. Then it cuts to the uh, scene in Washington where top it, the top men scene. Yeah. And then they're saying, yeah, top men, blah, blah, blah. And then it just cuts to the guy nailing up the crate with the Ark, and that's the end of the movie. Yeah. And uh, Marsha Lucas, you know, turns to them. She's like, "Well, what happens to Marion?" And they're like, "What?" <laughs> she's like, "Last you see of Marion, she's still kind of half tied to this post with Indy. What, like, what? How? What's her? St- like, do, she, do they get married after? Like, what's going on?" And they're like, oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. "We need to have something with Marion." And so, uh, real quick, they filmed on the steps of City Hall in San Francisco. Just a little quick little that insert. Little you know. drink yeah, want to get a drink? Wow. Just, just to put a little just stinger at this, just to say what you know. There's yeah. something still going on with Indy and Mary, and what yeah. the status of the relationship is at the end of the movie, even though it's still inconclusive. Sure. At least there's something about okay, Mary. Indy just didn't leave her on the island. <laughs> yeah. And so the, even though it kind of broke up the. Oh, but how much better would Kingdom of Crystal Skull have been if she had shown up? Like he did leave her on the island. <laughs> She's like... just so pissed. She got a bone in her nose. She's like, she had to swim. <laughs> She's been no. She's been like hanging out. You she actually, son of a bitch. She ran off with with <laughs> to be more Captain Katanga's crew. In Muppet Treasure Island. I would love if she just run off with Captain Katanga's crew and she was just like That's hanging it. out in the high seas. She's yeah. like queen of the high seas. Yeah. Oh, you can do you can do your own story series about her. Just the adventures of Mary and left behind by Indy. <laughs> oh, oh man, God. but yeah, so my fan fiction opus right there. Oh man, yeah. So Lucas, man, and then Lucas talking about the uh, the money he got from Star Wars. Uh, he almost went bankrupt because the uh, he spent all of his money he got from Star Wars. He split it between uh, making The Empire Strikes Back and starting work on the Skywalker Ranch. Yeah. Which was... And There's that a very almost... good book that details this called The Making of The Empire Strikes Back, actually. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, the, uh, Empire Strikes Back went double over budget. Oh, really? Uh, and almost bankrupted uh, Lucas. It got to the point by the end of the, the Making of The Empire Strikes Back, he could not make payroll. Despite got, being the great... maker of the biggest film of all time, well, because there's the whole thing where uh, he was financing the movie uh, himself. Well, there's the whole famous thing about how Lucas got the uh, right to do the sequels himself because when he signed his original Star Wars contract with 20th Century Fox, uh, part of the standard contract was that he would sign away his rights to all the sequels and his rights to the characters and stuff to 20th Century Fox for part of his as being the writer and director of the movie right. and at the last moment he's like oh no you know what actually I want to hold on to the sequel rights myself I'll give up I'll forfeit like the $10,000 I would otherwise get yeah. for the rights for the so I can decide how, what the, how the sequels are made like essentially these movies become mine yeah. if this becomes popular and 20th Century Fox is like that's fine. We don't expect this movie to be such a big hit. We're worried about sequel rights or merchandising rights or anything. Yeah. You can keep those as long as, yeah. hell, we're saving money because we don't have to pay you that extra $10,000. Yeah. So, of course, uh, you know, Star Wars becomes a huge hit. And 20th yeah. Century Fox is like, oh, yeah, we're going to make sure it's a sequel. Oh, shit, George Lucas, he got the rights to all that shit and the merchandising and stuff. And so that was great for Lucas for creative control for The Empire Strikes Back because that was all on him. He had, you know, contractually he could... 
it was all his story. But that meant he had to finance the movies too because he didn't want to be be held to Hollywood. Sure. So, uh, yeah, he was like he was practically cutting personal checks to pay for all the stuff in the Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, you know, when double yeah. over budget, while he's also building the Skywalker Ranch thing, and yeah, they just barely squeaked by getting that movie out to theaters and stuff. They had to do a lot of crazy loans with, like, the Bank of America just to get that uh, movie finished financing. Yeah. In fact, there's a famous anecdote of George Lucas, the only time he's ever flipped out that anyone's ever heard of in terms of, like, flipping out in front of crew or anything like that was uh, he was in the editing room of The Empire Strikes Back, and supposedly he was editing together the uh, kissing scene between Han and Leia. Yeah. And he has an editorial style where he likes, like, lots of quick... Edit cuts and stuff, mm -hmm. uh, quick cuts and quick edits, because he doesn't want the audience to get bored. Right. And supposedly he had edited that scene to where, like, it just t takes all the, like, the tension out of the air. Yeah. Where it's kind of like Han and Leia going, hey, what's up? Yeah. And that's it. And everyone's yeah. like, what the hell is this? Yeah. And Lucas was convinced because the way he had it edited together, uh, it didn't come together. He was convinced the movie was going to fail. And supposedly he had, like, a little bit of a nervous breakdown in the editing room. He yeah. screamed at and told everyone to get the fuck out, including the director, Irvin Kirshner. He's like, you're ruining my movie. What, you guys have made nothing but crap. Wow. And so Irvin Kirshner had to go in and it's like, don't worry. Let me edit it. I filmed this in a certain way. I know how it should be edited. Yeah. And so we sat down with the editor and they actually put it together and they showed it to, the, uh, to Lucas. You know, and it turned out to be the same way it was edited in the final film. And he was like, yeah. okay, it works. And that's oh. the last time you fucked around with anything in the editing room. That's but great. he was so nervous because like, this oh, movie, yeah. he was on oh. the edge of bankruptcy. He thought the movie was falling apart because it yeah. wasn't coming together in the editing room because... I don't know. Yeah. Well, I want to. I actually was looking up while you were telling that. Is the is a David Fincher had yeah. a great thing in a recent interview to say. Oh, about he used to this. work at ILM. Yeah, he, here's what David Fincher was getting interviewed for. I think uh, Drew McWheeney at Hitfix was interviewing him about probably about a girl with dragon tattoo. Yeah. And 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 Fincher, among other things, says he talks about how Lucas kept putting off Yoda till the very end of the shoot, not knowing for sure if he would even work. Yeah. And so Fincher responds to this anecdote in this interview by saying the following. He goes. Fincher laughs and goes, can you even imagine how fucking balls out George Lucas was at that point in his life? <laughs> he stakes his whole house, takes his entire bank account, pushes it to the center of the table, and says, Yoda is a Muppet. <laughs> he starts laughing again, and then Fincher says, I need 10,000 pounds of fucking baking soda. Get me the best stop motion guy in the world, and get me Frank Oz. You go, dude. That is so sick. Yeah! That's absolutely right. George Lucas, I will, I, no matter yeah. how many dumb things George Lucas does, George Lucas put all his money on the table and said, get me Frank Oz. Yeah. <laughs> I, want, I want the technology that brought us Sesame Street and Gumby and, and to be the centerpiece yeah. of this, uh, of this star, sequel to Star Wars that my entire fortune is banking yeah. upon, yeah. Yeah, no, so I mean, I've always, I've always I feel very generous towards Lucas. Uh, yeah. I mean, I was, like everybody, I was angry when Phantom Menace came out, but it's like, first of all, look at what Lucas really did. Lucas technically innovated film in a lot of major ways. The prequels, yeah. say what you will about him, really ushered in digital cinema. He's yeah. the guy who pushed that Oh, he that was through. the one who was pushing that forever, yeah. He's, yeah. He, the reason movie theaters are nicer uh, in terms of their sound and picture uh, yeah. are because... Well, the THX standard he pushed through 20 Lucas. years ago. Yeah. Totally. Um, he's, he's made it conceivably possible, you know, with the tools he's sort of pioneered for these things to become very cheap and democratized in the yeah. coming years. And... Uh, you know, I can only get so mad at him about his missteps when he does that and between betting the farm on Empire Strikes Back, which has an unhappy ending. Yeah. I mean, how mad can you get at this guy? Well, yeah. This guy has demonstrated a brass set we cannot even comprehend at various times in his life. did not get necessarily that great reviews when it first came out. Granted, it's now known as, like, everyone just accepts it's the best Star Wars movie. But, yeah, that was a... And, like, very consciously saying, hey, we're going to have all the big battle stuff in this movie come first. Right. And yeah. the end of this... 
movie yeah. is just gonna be a big fight between this guy and his dad. Yeah. And he throws himself down a hole. Yeah. And like it all ends sad. He has no arm. <laughs> yeah. And like yeah, that's yeah I mean you, can, you keep adding up the things that Empire Strikes Back does. Oh, yeah. PS Five yeah, gets that, turned to a chocolate yeah. bar. Everyone's favorite character. If Fincher had kept going, you would have said, "All right, I'm gonna turn Han Solo into a giant Hershey bar." You're gonna have to wait three years to find out if he lives. Right. Uh, You know, it's like I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the comedy duo that everybody loved and split them apart the whole movie and blow one of them apart and make him hang out with the giant bear. (laughs) I forgot about the. I mean, come on, man. I mean, yeah. No, I, I as far as I'm concerned. Between those first two movies, that man's taken more risks than anybody in movie history, just about. And I'm oh, like, yeah. shit, you know, I'm, I can only get so mad. <laughs> we have been going on a while, haven't we? Yeah, I mean, Star Wars, I mean, at the end of the day, just... You can bitch about the prequels all you want. Star Wars is Star Wars. It is huge. You can't... It's Star Wars. There is something in Star Wars for everyone. I still love Star Wars. We love... I mean, we got the we got the original trilogy. There's yeah. a generation who has the it prequels. It exists. There's a generation who has the Clone Wars who probably may not have even ever seen the prequels or the original trilogy. Yeah, Commander Cody is their guy. Yeah. 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 The only problem I have with uh, Lucas in regards to the, tri- uh, the prequel trilogy is the fact that he's trying to uh, keep the theatrical cuts of the original movies... That's objectionable. That's the only thing that sucks. But hey, you know what? I have those on DVD. I have those on my uh, my computer right now. As long as I have that, that's fine. I I have Star Wars. Even if he never comes out with a Blu-ray of theatrical cuts of the original stuff. I, yeah, it still exists. It's out there. It can be found. It's on the internet. It will never die. Yeah, it's just sad that he's he's hiding it. He's burying it. He's yeah, like, he turned into he, did, he turned into a different person. It's it's okay. I, I think it's okay to say that's not what is canon. What is canon are these remakes. But yeah. to just smother, to just limit, obliterate the existence of the original. My my argument take. these days, and this is a view I've come to recently, is who cares if it's canon or not? I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. becoming so addicted to... Um, no. I've become so addicted to the remix culture, the revisiting yeah. of the early, crazy 70s stuff, that I'm like, I think the canon isn't even important. I, I'm, I'm like, kind of like, yeah, just mix it up. Let's. I, I, I'm actually uh, become a huge fan of the way Star Wars has entered the culture and is now revisited and reshaped and refashioned yeah. in all these new ways. But yeah. to the point of, like, the originals don't exist in the original form. Yeah, but I'm actually more interested these days, having watched Star Wars, like, 30 times sure. or 50 times in my lifetime, I'm more interested now in just seeing people bend those massive cultural ideas into new shapes. Yeah. So basically all I'm going to be doing for the rest of my life is tweeting Star Wars papercraft. <laughs> An honorable goal. Yay! <laughs> and I'm just going to be keep on playing with my Star Wars Xbox. <laughs> it's interesting because Star Wars has just transcended Star Wars. Yeah. It really has. The only, the only thing that worries me is that, again, I, I, I'm realizing also too late in life that one must be vigilant about kind of what Dylan said. You know, you should, rather than going back and, and just remixing Star Wars... Though, oh, you, you need headspace for your own stories. You need to yeah. find headspace for your own stories, and that is something that I think is something you do have to be a little cautious of. Yeah. But... So yeah, don't use Star Wars as a crutch. Still enjoy it. It's like having a girlfriend. Yeah, appreciate it, but don't make it your whole life. Don't fuck it to death. <laughs> don't embarrass it. Maybe how do you take it out to dinner? Think, yeah, yeah. How do you think girls pay, work exactly, Bill? Pay compliments. Well, I my sex pumpkin. I've gone through three of them in the last six weeks. Um, 
<laughs> this reminds me of the time that you uh, told me you were like you were like yeah I'm gonna draw a diagram of how I think women really work you know I'll draw their you know like what their milk intestines or whatever you know? <laughs> I like how we're at the movies and cross section yeah, yeah. you you broke my pal Becky Olson's mind man. yeah milk intestines that's where the boobs come from. Oh, friends! All this when you when you're a lady and you you eat cereal, that's where all the milk goes. It gets stored in your milk intestines, and then and you get sick, and then you look like uh, Ian Holt. Wait, Ian Hurt? Wait, which who's the guy from Alien? Hey, John friends! Hurt. So this is John the Boy Hurt. Hotty Podcast. As usual, we're at Boy Hotty Podcast on the Twitter. This has been your Star Wars episode. <laughs> We didn't even mention the terrible Star Wars holiday special. You can thank us later. And I apologize, friends, we didn't get to your feedback, but we're going to wrap this up. We are, as always, um, boyhowdy.org. Shoot us an email at howdy at boyhowdy.org. Yeah. Uh, Thank you all, as always, for listening. Thank you, Mike, for chattering with us. It was my pleasure. Yeah, Mike Russell at culturepulp.com. Culturepulp.com or sabertoothvampire.com, which is where my webcomic is unspooling. Pick up the latest issue of Dark Horse Presents, uh, which has just debuted the first uh, couple strips. Yeah, we're gonna have Saber, we're gonna have about four Sabretooth Vampire strips spread about three issues of Dark Horse Presents, builded magnificent colors on them, and yeah. they really make the comic. Mike and I are always working together, so we're kinda tight at the hip. Yes. We're like we're like Han, uh, I'm I'm busted up C three PO and you're just carrying me along. We need to make an industrial blight and tragic, which is sort of the name we unofficially give our non existent studio. Yeah. Uh, we need to make t shirts for that. We'll send we'll send them <laughs> off to like John Edlund and Which is great because LucasArts is not at all litigious about that sort of thing. I know. <laughs> not at all. What could possibly go wrong? So all right, friends, thank you as always for listening. We'll talk to you next week. From jail. <laughs>